Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. At the end of each of our shows, uh, we usually say something about producing four shows a week, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, this is summer, and people have uh, fun things to do other than playing games, so it doesn't always work out. We try to fill those spots with short games this week has ended up being quite unusual in that we had three postponements. Uh, I had only one shorty prepared, and so this is the third time this week that we'll be playing the scenario. Our scenario is entitled Intruders. It was written by Noah Lloyd and Matt Ryan and is available on their website, Reckoning of the Dead. This is, therefore, version three. One of the more interesting aspects of this situation uh, is to note how the story evolves from session to session. Things get added or changed. Players react differently to various situations. Uh, so if you're thinking about GMing a game, watch these three versions, and it'll give you some interesting insights into how those kind of changes work. Now, before we begin, let's introduce our players and their characters. Uh, Raymond, how about you go first? And you can unmute. <laughs> that is a good idea. We can always use the unmute. This is the first thing that we learn in gaming. Unmute at the appropriate time. I should be playing the part of Dr. Maxine Flambeau, who is a very petite young lady, um, pretty firm musculature, a little, just like me, flat-chested. And uh, the other thing is she's a full-blooded Maori female, complete with body tattoos, head to toe. And thereby hangs a tale which will take far too long to tell. Where there isn't tattoos, the skin is a very dark olive due to her outdoor lifestyle. And pretty much she very often passes for a male figure because she will wear long pants, long sleeve shirts, lovely wide brimmed hats, and generally loves to be mucking around in the dirt trying to find out what's going on as an archaeologist. Uh, she strongly believes that uh, who you are is where you are because you carry you wherever you go. And very much it's a case of um i live in three worlds almost i live in my french world because i was an orphan and was adopted by french colonialists way back in the 1950s just after i was born i live much more long and very strongly with my ancestral heritage as part of the iwi the people the maori people and i've earned these tattoos over a long period of time and thirdly, as a New Zealander, and I'm studying or have studied and I'm a professor at the University of Otago, and I've just received a phone call that's proving to be very, very interesting, not only in all those three realms in terms of history, but what's going on in 1985. We've got the politics changing in Australia which is causing the politics changing here in New Zealand and the rise of the stronger powers of the Iwi influence on the New Zealand government. And there's a little island that's just had a little bit of an addition that I'm really, really keen to dig into on so many levels. Excellent. Morgan. 
All right, I am playing at Dr. Arthur Yates, who was born and raised in Melbourne, Australia, who went to school at the University of Melbourne and now teaches at the University of Melbourne. He's not very outgoing. He doesn't like to travel much, kind of a shy person, but the chance of a discovery of the potential discoveries here, yeah, it was just too great of an opportunity to pass up, so... He decided to step out of his comfort zone and come check it out. Cool, Josh. I am playing Dr. Jeff Gunn. Uh, he is a somewhat failed geologist. Um, he had his moments at his younger years after he just uh, graduated from the University of Auckland. Now he lectures at the University of Otago. He is pretty much, he relies on alcohol to get through. And he can't, and then he hears, he heard about, he heard about this island and was like, you know what? I think it's about time we try and make a name for myself again. So basically, he just wants to be a bit greedy. And yeah. Okay. Darren? Hi, I'm uh, Dr. Jason Green from the University of New South Wales. I'm a volcanologist, and I am taking this opportunity to go and see the new land on the island, Smith's Island. I've, I'm sorry, go that's ahead. pretty much it, yeah. Okay, uh, and Zane. Uh, kia ora, uh, hello in, in Māori. Um, I'm playing Alexander Zander Kovac. Um, I was born in Washington Heights, New York, to a Kiwi father and a Latin American mother, um, Baxter and Rosa Kovac. Um, I moved with my parents to New Zealand when I was 10. Um, my father was a war photographer in the Vietnam War, um, and unfortunately, he is currently in a coma. Um, he was involved. Uh, he was one of the, um, the sailors on the uh, Rainbow Warrior, which was bombed uh, very recently by the French government um, of the Greenpeace ship when they were going to protest against the French doing nuclear tests um, in the Pacific. So he is currently in a coma. Um, my mother is uh, the leading professor of archaeology in uh, Australia and New Zealand. Um, and uh, she is a tutor at the uh, University of Auckland. When they called to ask her to go on this uh, particular thing, she obviously had to turn it down due to my father being in a coma. Um, but when she found out that the position was being filled by a French woman, she was uh, disgusted, obviously due to the fact of the bombing of the Ranger Warrior. So she has sent me as the, uh, as the photographer to um, make sure the French government is not involved uh, and, and keep an eye on the, uh, this young up-and-coming archaeologist that has, has uh, been given her pos position since she was unable to take it. So, yeah. Excellent. It sounds like the players are all ready. Uh, so without any further delay, let's begin our journey into the darkness. There is a small island in the South Pacific called Smith's Island, named for an Australian sea captain, Jacob Smith, who discovered it in 1806. The island is volcanic and covered in tropical rainforest, and it is thought that up until recently, no humans lived on the island prior to its discovery. There are no dangerous animals. In fact, the largest animal is the tiny Smith's parakeet. After Captain Smith came to the island, a small colony sprang up, but never really grew. 
The year is now 1985, and there are still only about 35 families, mostly Australians, Kiwis, and British expatriates, that permanently reside in the town of Smith's Landing. There are only a handful of businesses, Pete's General Store, where you can get supplies that have been brought in from the mainland. There's a pub called The Ruddy Hog that serves food and beverages and is the most common place to find locals hanging out during the day and the evening. And two small bungalow resorts for tourists that can accommodate only about 25 families each. It's a tiny island. Three weeks ago, the island's small but active volcano erupted. Thanks to seismographs stationed around the island, no one was hurt. Lava was expelled and fortunately flowed in the opposite direction from the town. The only damage done in Smith's Landing was a few broken windows from the resulting sonic boom and the earthquake. Almost all of the tourists left at that time. The residents returned and shortly thereafter, a group of hikers observed a large structure on the far side of the island uncovered by a landslide. They estimated that it was about 300 meters up the far side of the volcano. They told this to the local authorities who then contacted your respective universities. You arrived via seaplane from Tonga a few hours ago. You settled in your rooms at the Paradise Resort and have gathered at the Ruddy Hog to make your plans. What's your next move? Well, I'm going to sashay in in my full-blown long pants, long shirt, hat, and a very, very inky face and stroll up to the barman and say, do you know how to make a virgin Maori princess? Of course, sir. <laughs> Why would set her up? <laughs> so he makes you a virgin Maori princess. I'm sitting Which at one of the tables. Which is a non-alcoholic drink, by the way. <laughs> um, I'm sitting at one of the tables with um, a big Bowie knife and just doing the whole around my fingers. Oh, really? Yeah. You're doing yeah. his nice table, huh? With your uh... yeah. Uh, I'm bored. I see, sir. <laughs> Don't do that to my table. Uh, pop, pop, my friend over there. He's from Auckland. Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> so what would you guys like to do? You guys need to plan your uh, what you're going to do about, uh, well, what you're going to do while you're here. You just arrived a few hours ago. So you've all met up at the, the Ruddy Hog. Well, judging from the topographical map that my uh, university supplied it, I think that we should decide on whether we want to take the northern route or the southern route to reach the uh, to the ruins. It's about a two and a half hour hike one way, so whichever uh, route we want, it's up to, the, up to us to decide. Okay. Um, Xander pulls out a coin and he says, um, all right, Doc, um, heads north, tails south. Flips the coin. North. North it is. Good. Sounds good. Looks like the, uh, the southern route would be 
little bit more of a vertical go, so north would be better. Which, uh, would that north route also only cross one potential lava flow path that's that, recently occurred? Uh, if, if what the uh, data has been given to me is correct, then yes. Well, and the lava flows have hardened, so there's not much danger of them. Uh, yeah, three weeks. Uh, the, the, yeah. But the, uh, uh, they're rough. I mean, you've probably seen lava flows, and at, at first glance, they look smooth, but they mm -hmm. are, in fact, uh, oh, like pumice stone. They're, uh, they're razor sharp all over. The, the, they're rough. That would be ah, ah. So the less lava flows we can cross, the better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Has anybody got the time on them? I don't have a watch. It's about, uh, it's about uh, 11 o'clock in the morning. Well, my recommendation is after lunch, take a stroll out to the site using that northern path. Just take a quick scout around, take a look and see what the lay of the land is and everything else so that we can come back with an idea of what additional equipment we may need, whether we need some folks to help carry some stuff out there, if it's climbing gear involved. And then in the morning, we could go back by the other route, and that way we'll have circumnavigated both routes, and we can be sure of uh, both getting in and getting out and working out how we want to camp out and resupply ourselves on an ongoing basis as we do our research. What do you think, gentlemen? Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. I, as, I think that's as long good. as I can gather rocks, I'll be fine. About that time, you notice somebody come into the pub. Um, it's a rather uh, tall gentleman. Uh, he's, uh, however, he's dressed like in Bermuda shorts with a uh, uh, Hawaiian-style shirt on. And uh, uh, he comes in, and you see him walk up to the, the bar, and uh, say something to the bartender, uh, and then turn around, and the bartender points over to where you are. Uh, he then immediately uh, starts coming over towards you, and he's like, gentlemen, gentlemen, uh, my name is uh, uh, Mayor Mason Keith. I uh, am the one who sent to the university. Uh, do you mind if I sit? Yeah, oh, yeah of course. Jim, he looks like he came right from the beach. <laughs> Certainly, take a seat. I am... Dr. Maxine Flambeau. Ah. How do you do? And shake his hand. He looks, he looks just a, a little puzzled for a moment, not realizing that you're, you're a female. Uh, but uh, uh, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm very glad to meet you. And he says, uh, 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 we don't know well if we'll need an archaeologist, but if, if there is something up there, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Nobody's gone out there since those uh, those German fellows, and uh, I mean the, the people in my in this town don't really go hiking. It's just the tourists who do that. And most of them are gone right now. Right now, uh, did they see a structure for sure, or something that looked like a structure? Well, they didn't climb up to it. They uh, uh, they weren't like prepared to do that kind of stuff. They wanted to go out there and see the lava flows. And uh, they just said they noticed it up there. Um, but, I mean, I can't think of what else it could possibly be. 
Yeah, but I mean, their, 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 their report seems to suggest that it's more like a building than a pile of rocks, which might give the illusion of a building. Is that correct? Like well, that's, that's what they said. They said it would look like a building. Would they, did they mention the color at all? Because it could just be based on outcroppings. Yeah, true. Well, they didn't say what color it was. Um, I have no idea. Did they say it's formation at all? Um, they said it was looked like uh, looked like a blocks. Hmm. But, uh, but from an anthro, I'm an anthropologist, uh, Dr. Yates here from Melbourne. But you know, I, from my studies, there the indigenous people around this area were migratory. They went from island to island. I'd be surprised if any of them had built anything that would have gotten buried. So I would be very surprised if it's actually a structure. Well, I I can't. Uh, I mean, from what we understand, there's never been anyone living on this island. Uh, there's nothing that could support uh, anyone other than, you know, for uh, a couple of hours, you might get some fresh water here, but there's no game to hunt. Uh, as far as we know, there never was a game. Nobody's ever found a an arrowhead or a spearhead or anything like that here. Um, well, what's the fishing like in the region? Well, I mean, the fishing's fairly good. There's lots of tropical fish. There's sharks. Um, but that's true of every, every island in Polynesia. So mm-hmm. you've, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, it may be that some of them, uh, um, some of them fished these waters. Uh, there is a, they do have a name for the island, or they had a name for the island. Uh, for the last 180 years, it's been Smith's Island. But uh, I believe that the original name for the island was uh, uh, Kohatu Toka. And uh, when he says that, um, Dr. Maxine, in Maori, that means uh, like the cursed place. Now, it could be uh, cursed because there's no food there. It's a waste of, waste of staying there. And an active volcano. <laughs> Cursed rock is probably the closer. Cursed rock. Right. Um, uh, but uh, those, those tourists, uh, I think their names were uh, uh, Leo and uh, Wolfgang Freetag. Um, I think they're still on the island, though I'm not sure where they're staying, probably at one of the resorts. Well, it's a pretty small place, so we can certainly see if we can hunt them up at some point. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Uh, for tomorrow, Mayor, um, would there be any locals there who might be able to assist us with packing out some gear if we actually decide that it's worthwhile us staying out there to examine whatever may be there? I don't know. I, I suppose you can try around the docks, but um, truth is the people who actually live here um, – are you know fairly well off they're not like into heavy labor or anything like that <laughs> um there might be a couple of i don't know employees at the at, at, at the paradise or the other resort and that might be willing i don't know for a price 
we just don't have much in the way of that here. Right. Um, I'll take it there's very little chance you've actually having a mule or something around town somewhere, do yeah, you? No, there's no, there's no large animals. No, we don't have any, uh, any scooters or anything like that. As you can see, the town's so small, you can just walk to just about any house <laughs> there is. True enough. Um, now, if, if you're looking for any kind of like lore of the island or anything like that, the oldest resident is uh, Terry Timms, uh, and he's easy enough to locate. He lives in the blue house. Everybody else has whitewashed houses. He has a blue house. He's a little bit uh, uh, one of the artsy sort of fellows that lives here. At the word artsy, she kind of strokes around a few circles of tattoo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's something for the crazy. <laughs> well, gentlemen, if there's anything that you need, uh, I am at your disposal. You'll probably find me down uh, near the Paradise Resort uh, on the beach somewhere. Well, thank you, Mayor. I appreciate it. And uh, I guess we'll check in with you on a daily basis, let you know how things are developing. Great. All right. Oh, just as a matter of interest, do you who what is the closest thing you have to a medical center here? Um, that never came up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why? Do you think they were going to need one? Why? Why are you being so well, pessimistic? Well, I'm not being pessimistic. All I know is that when you're out and about, bumps, scratches, contusions, bumps, and things like that do happen. We, we're going out by a volcano. Somebody could get a severe burn. And Plus. Just the we, way it is. we run into obsidian. Obsidian is very sharp, so we could hurt ourselves. We do have we do have a, a resident doctor living here. He's not technically practicing, but he's good enough if you were to get injured. His name is Doctor Lauren Monty. So he's a vet. <laughs> he's he's here if somebody gets hurt, but uh, we don't have really any facilities. So if well, it was I'm... bigger, we'd have to fly you over to. Uh, well, Tonga is the biggest island. Tonga, yeah. So we're pretty much like an Australian flying doctor situation, but usually they'd have something like a, you know, a nurse or something round possibly on the island who may have a defibrillator or something like that for the older folks or the uh, heavier folks who need a little kickstart now and again. Right. Well, I hope you all brought good boots because uh, the lava can be, the lava flows once crystallized can be very sharp. Um, so if, if that's all, gentlemen, I will, uh, I'll leave you to it. And the gentleman bid you goodbye. So does the lady. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably thinking, oh, crap. <laughs> all right. So anyways, he, he, he leaves the bar. You do notice him fill up his coconut uh, drink uh, at the bar and, uh, and head out with his little straws and umbrellas on it. Um, so now what, what would you like to do next? Well, I think uh, I'm pretty much set for whatever we may want to do after lunch and seeing it's about 11, 1130. Uh, well, how about we, what time is sunset? Uh, this time of year, well, this is the equator. So, or I guess it's lower than the equator. I don't know. Uh, say seven o'clock. Yeah, you normally get, yeah. It's summer. It's, it's warm. Okay. So let's go ahead and take off from here somewhere about 1.30, take a stroll out there, gander around, 
maybe get a couple of shots and pictures and then head on back after we can and we can decide on that in the meantime i think i'm going to just go and have a little word with terry timms first off i need to go to the bartender first <laughs> okay um well hi I'm hi a, what can i do for you well i'm a famous geologist you might have heard of me jeff gunn famous geologist jeff gunn no i never heard of you damn um so uh could you fill up my flask for me of your finest liquor um my finest liquor you haven't been in a bar before have you (laughs) (laughs) do you have a preference we got pretty much vodka tequila hmm i'll go your strongest whiskey my strongest whiskey yeah Uh, well, do you want a space side or do you want a uh, do you want a Scotch whiskey or do you want a bourbon or bourbon? Bourbon. Yeah. Let's see what I got of <laughs> bourbon. I'm looking on my actual bar. It's right over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he gets you he gets you a nice bourbon and he, he fills up your flask and uh, charges you for it. Of course, it's not like free on yeah. the house. Because you're uh, a I, geologist. <laughs> I just pass him the money and then. All right. All right. Well, everybody else is having lunch. I want to go wander over to um, talk to the to the oldest resident at the Blue House, Terry. That was the name? Terry Tim. So you're going to go with uh, Maxine? Yeah. Okay. How about uh, Xander and uh, Darren? What are you guys doing? It's uh, Jason. Jason Green. Oh, you know what? I forgot to tell you, uh, Darren, that you can change the name on your picture. Uh, if you right, if you right click, you can change it. Uh, you're right. I'm sorry, Jason. Uh, what are you guys doing? Oh, there we go. Um, I'm keeping obviously a close eye on uh, Dr. Maxine, so um, I'll be going along with them. All right. Can we assume you're all going to go over and talk to uh, the old Terry? Yeah. 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 All right. So you wander outside, it's warm, it's, it's humid, uh, but uh, you guys are dressed appropriately. So, you know, uh, you head on down the, the street and you can see it, it's a blue house. It's, uh, it's kind of a turquoise blue. It stands out like a sore thumb against all the other houses. Um, and as you approach it, you notice that uh, uh, your, your best guess is that Terry spends a lot of time on the beach uh, beach combing, picking up shells and rocks and pieces of uh, uh, polished glass and stuff like that. And then he brings those things home and he makes things out of them. He makes uh, uh, his mailbox is, is made out of seashells and stuff. He's got wreaths around all of his windows that are made out of seashells and rocks. And he takes junk and trash and he glues it all together and cements it all together. And one of the walls on his house is made out of beer bottles that have all been stacked up and cemented together and um, to, to, you know, be like stained glass windows. Um, so you knock on his door, and unless you want to do something else. Well, actually, I'm going to go into his front yard area, and I'm going to just squat down and just touch and look at all the lovely little rocks and what he's put together, okay. and just kind of get a feel for the man as an artist 
And then she's I, 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 I see her and go to the door. <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of give her a weird look okay. and then go. <laughs> well, and then and then continue to the front door. Uh, Doctor Maxine, why don't you do a psychology roll? A psychology roll, which is not particularly good. Uh, that was actually rather not fortunate. I got an 06. Very nice. On the psychology. Oh, I've only got a psychology of 10, so I hit it. <laughs> wow. So I don't this, know why. I'm just going with the sheet you gave me. <laughs> you, you, you get the impression that this guy is going to be a free spirit who does what he wants. Uh, you'd be incredibly surprised if he had shoes on. Um, uh, he's, he just he collects things that he thinks are pretty, and then he puts them all together into things that he thinks are pretty. And he doesn't give a shit what anybody else feels. Hence, his house is bright blue instead of white like everybody else. Ah, an independent man, just like me. Self-reliant and independent. Lovely. So, uh, the, other, the others of you, you walk up to the door and you knock. And uh, a couple seconds go by and the door swings open. And this uh, little man, uh, he's, he may have been taller in his youth, but he's probably in his uh, late 70s. Uh, He's hunched over a bit. He's got a cane. Uh, he's got a, a fairly decent-looking beard. And uh, he uh, has no shirt on, and he has on uh, shorts, and he is, in fact, barefoot. And he takes a look up at you, and he's like, he's like, yeah, what do you want? Um, can we tell if he's, uh, is he Caucasian? Oh, yeah. So yeah, far, okay. everybody that you've seen here is Caucasian. The mayor's Caucasian. Although a lot of them are have obviously spent a lot of time in the sun, yeah. So ten. some of them have that. Um, this this guy has that 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 leathery sort of yeah. yeah. Uh, Kill to mate. Um, we're here from uh, the the universities. We're investigating the uh, the structure that was found up on the uh, the volcano there. Um, oh, you're the scientist. Yeah, I heard about you people coming. Why don't yeah, you come well, on in. Come on in. Uh, Sure. I don't know why I have a southern accent, but I've got a southern accent all of a sudden. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, um, walk on through. Take my shoes off at the door. Um, obviously, um, respect for his home. Um, yeah. Well, you 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 find that the inside of his house has a lot of sand on the floor. So <laughs> as it should be. I don't give be. a shit what you guys do. And the and the non-French Maori looks at the uh, professor there taking his shoes off and just rolls her eyes and steps right on in. I'm not a professor. <laughs> oh, you're the photographer, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm the adrenaline junkie photographer with a mohawk and a big scar down the side of his head. <laughs> so uh, he sits here and he immediately brings out a pitcher full of uh, iced tea and... Uh, Says here, have some iced tea. What can I do for you? Uh, we just wanted to know uh, if you know anything about um, the the structure. But you, we understand you're you're the longest uh, resident uh, living here, so we guess you'd have the uh, the what's what on on um, the the history of this this island and, and things. Well, uh, I I don't know anything about the structure up there. Now I, I heard that some guy, some German fellows saw, thought they saw something up there. But mm. uh, I've been all over this island. I know this island at the back of my hand, and I don't know of any such such thing that would be up there. Um, at least it wasn't last time I was on that side of the island. Uh, he says, uh, um, 
as to the history of the island, well, everybody knows that. I mean, the Captain Jacob Smith found it in uh, 1806 and uh, started a little colony. And I've been living here. I've been here living here for about 70 years. Yeah, so do you remember growing up, did any of like the, the old people at that time, or did they talk about any, any of like the stories that people would tell about the island? Oh, I don't know. You know, most of the stories that I heard as a kid probably, uh, you know, drifted over here from uh, Australia or New Zealand or maybe, maybe uh, England. But, uh, you know, not any more than any other like story. You know, I think the, uh, the, the, the Maori name for this island something like the Cursed Rock, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, people have been here 180 years and no curse. Well, that's true. It may not be of curse, but did they know that when the captain, that Australian captain Smith got here? Was he looking for something other mm-hmm. than just a right. plot of land? He says, I doubt seriously that captain, uh, uh, the, the good old captain had any idea what the Maori language was. So, <laughs> uh, no, I don't think he even stopped here. I think that, uh, I think I read once that uh, he found it in 1806, and uh, it wasn't until about 20 years later that anybody decided to try and uh, put a settlement here. Um, no, I just think he wanted his name on it. Mm. I think he wanted his name on everything. Smith. Well, that was pretty common in those days, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, just slowing around, finding yes. a rock, getting a name to it. Well, I go yeah. down a little footnote in history. Smith Island, Smith Peak. Smith mm-hmm. Parakeet, Smith Landing, yeah. Well, that's true enough. So, so who were the first settlers then, as it were, at least in 1826, thereabouts? Yeah, probably uh, Kiwis. Yeah, just, just people from the mainland. Um, from Tonga and Samoa and stuff. Yeah. As soon as they could start getting people, as soon as they could start, you know, establish a, a place where they could uh, bring boats in to bring them supplies and stuff like that, we're still... We still don't produce anything here, so all of our supplies are brought in once a month via seaplane. So you've been doing all that lovely artwork and wandering the beaches all these years. Well, I uh, I have money. My uh, my family was rich, but I didn't want to go in for all that. Uh, you know, the tea parties and the the little sandwiches and all that bullshit. I just thought I want to live in a nice place and. I think this is about the nicest place you can live. It's sunny and it's warm and it's, you can go swimming in the ocean and it's, everything is soft and gentle and uh, buy what I need from the general store and I'm fine. Right. So while all this is going on and the conversation is going on between all four of us, kind of take time to, well, let my eyes wander around the room, see if there's anything notable of curiosity value. Uh, Maybe get up and look at a few pieces if they're there. Well, as far as curiosity, everything is curious. Um, mm. Only because he's spent a lot of time gluing seashells to things. And everything has seashells on it. There's obviously a, a picture of, of him as a younger man with his wife. And there's seashells all over the shell, over the frame. And, and, uh, it nothing unusual or out of the ordinary, except just blue that, seashells of things like it's a full time job. Well, yeah, the coffee table has seashells all over the top, and 
and uh, I guess he doesn't have anything else to do. So he just keeps busy doing uh, what I guess what you what you'd call you know primitive art. Well, since you've been on the island this long, uh, we're going out to where this uh, place has been spotted. Which would you say was the better way of getting there? You can look at the map here if you can. Now I'm asking Terry here. He's a local. He his feet have been on the ground. You know what I'm saying? Well, well I didn't see where the thing was, but if it's on the opposite side of the volcano, I'd take the north road. That's going to be the shorter way. Okay. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna go along. Uh, you're gonna go along fairly close to the beach, uh, about halfway there. Then you're going to start to rise up above the cliffs, and um, and then the mountain's always going to be on your left hand side. Um, that makes uh, that makes a lot of sense. Just as a matter of interest, could a boat go from this small port around the side of the island there and land on the beach? Be a shorter walk up there. No, there's no beach over there. There's no beach on that side. Uh, the mountain goes right down into the water. Um, you could get a look at it. From from the ocean, You're gonna yeah, I don't think we need to worry about. It. I just looked, we're looking to see if there's somewhere we could land some gear and stuff and move it up to the up to the site area, if we needed to a little bit easier from you know large hall. If you ask me, I think those uh, those uh, German fellows were just probably making it up or exaggerating. Nobody's gone out there to check. The mayor didn't want anybody going out there because it's too dangerous with the volcano and everything. I think lava flow, right? Mm. I think he's more concerned with sitting on the beach and drinking his drinks. But, okay, uh, so, uh, but basically, I get, I'm, I'm guessing as far as just following that path, the only real problem area is going to be where the lava flow, flow is. Because, I mean, up until then, presumably, it was, it was a, just a hiking trail. Oh, yeah. But, you know, there's, there's been lava flows on this island before in the past, and is there a hiking trail up to the the peak, though? I think no. there's only a hiking trail around it, so we still have to climb up to where the structure is. It's not yeah. it's not a path. No, there's like, no path going up to the peak. We're we're going to be like rock climbing, and it's, <laughs> it's well, it's it's not that steep. Yeah, I mean you're gonna it, it'll be it'll be a, a tough going, but it won't be it won't be that hard. You shouldn't be able to you shouldn't have to need ropes or pitons or mm. anything like that. But uh, um, yeah, if you tried to get up to the peak from from here, you wouldn't make it. I mean, it's all yeah. jungle. You'd have to go hacking your way through the whole thing all the way, and that's just not yeah. practical. So maybe the lava flows are a a blessing in disguise. It makes it easier for you to get up because that whole side of the island got you know burned up by the lava and the yeah. Good. They say that the. Uh... The structure was unearthed during a, a landslide. How uh, how much uh, land is actually broken off from the face of the mountain in that area? I have no idea. I haven't gone up there. Hmm. No one's it been up. It wasn't much of a it wasn't much of a boom. It scared the shit out of everybody when it blasted. Hmm. And, uh, have you ever encountered any peculiar rocks or? Hmm. Anything out of the ordinary? He looks around at his room. 
I'm kind of I'm kind of hitting my flask at the same time. He's like, no, no rocks, just shells and nothing really, nothing really interesting. It's a damn island. Well, with the currents and everything else around here, is anything kind of like unusual, kind of washed up on the beach now and again? You know, sort of strange animal carcasses. You know, that's kind of right away, nobody can figure out what it is, or you know, People. artifacts, little bits of. Detritus that just kind of come up, and when I say that, I actually pull out a shark's tooth pendant to show him. Says, "Oh, shark's tooth, that's nice." Well, there was something rather unusual once, really, really unusual. That, and and I, I want to say that you guys all see kind of kind of a twinkle in his eye. That 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 that. That washed up on the beach all oh, about two years ago. He says, It was a woman's leg. <laughs> How do you know it was a woman's leg? I'll show you. And he goes over and he moves shit out of the way and moves this out. And he pulls out this woman's mannequin leg mm-hmm. and sets it on the table. And of course, he's decorated it with seashells and stuff. Did he turn it into a lamp? No, but it's it's just a leg. And he, he, he laughs. I spit <laughs> says, out my he alcohol. Says, he says, other than this, I don't know where this came from, but no, no, there's nothing weird here. He says, Probably from uh, the, the, the like, hotel. Is this, is, yeah. is this your first time on the island or, or any island? And you're starting to notice that he still has that twinkle in his eye. <laughs> Yeah, I've been around a few islands. He says, well, you know, there's a little bird that's indigenous to this island called the Smith's parakeet. Uh-huh. And what most people don't tell you is that uh, they're carnivorous. I knew it. Uh, if, you, uh, if you aren't careful, they will strip the flesh right off your body in a matter of minutes. And then deadly serious, I'll lean forward to him and say, I'll tell you, there's something even more dangerous on this island. And what's that? The, one-eyed, the one-eyed trouser snake. He says, look, I don't want to see your one-eyed trouser snake. I ain't got one. <laughs> <laughs> We're yet to confirm that. Um, You're a girl. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry, ma'am. Here I am telling silly jokes and trying to scare you all there's this is parakeet eats eats bugs don't worry about the parakeet there's no parakeet that's going to eat your flesh Uh, are are you sure i mean dr flambeau was very concerned about medical facilities oh well there's not much in the way of medical facilities here either yeah i called dr dr monty but that's about it Um, is there anything else i can do for you no, it's been a pleasure and a joy, and we got a little bit of walking to do this afternoon. All right. So he uh, he takes your glasses and he says goodbye to you, and uh, and you leave. What's next? Um, I reckon um, I'm going to go and talk to the uh, track down these these German hikers. Yeah, we definitely need to do that. Definitely. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go to. Well, I guess we'll start at the Paradise. That's the resort we're at, staying at. Might as well start, um, go there first and 
see if we can find them. And if not, we'll, we'll move along. And Well, let's say that you spend half an hour. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that the resorts, uh, despite the fact that this is a small island, um, it is kind of like paradise. So uh, a lot of the people that come and stay at these resorts are very wealthy, uh, famous people. And so they are extremely reluctant to give you the location of anyone staying at their resort or whether they're even staying there. So you find it's kind of a dead end. They can, can I do a persuade uh, roll? Um, yeah, I'll say you can try a persuade roll, but you're going to have to get a hard persuade. Okay. That's a negative. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, there's probably nothing more you could learn from the Germans that you wouldn't just see for yourself once you walked around the other side of the island. Okay. All right, well, I'm strolling off from the others as we've been going around, and I'm going up to a my room and packing up a little scout bag, which is basically a belt and a few pouches with some doodads and bits and pieces in there. And I'm going to grab a sandwich somewhere, and when I see one or more of my fellow professors, suggest we gear up and start walking. Okay, that's a good idea. I think we should uh, get the recce going. Sorry, I'm answering somebody's question. <clears throat> Um, all right, so you're going to head along the north path, and uh, the north north path goes goes out the uh, out the side of the town, and uh, it's a fairly narrow path, maybe only about four feet wide. Uh, the jungle right next to the path has been trimmed down somewhat, so it's not not too high, but almost immediately becomes very dense jungle on either side. Uh, the sound of uh, birds and insects uh, sort of, you know, is constant. And uh, the trail is fairly easy. So after about uh, an hour and a half or so, as you're walking along, you're rounding around the the western end of the island. Um, Everybody do a spot hidden. That's a fail. Uh, I've got an 11. Yeah, I've got 15 out of 60. 74. I passed with a 5 out of 10. Wow. (laughs) I got a hard success with a 5, guys. (laughs) You only have a 10 spot hidden? No, I have a 40. My bad. I got an extreme. Okay. Looking at just, I'm like, I don't know how how it's possible. There we go. So, extreme. uh, as you guys are walking, because yeah, we both got extremes, yeah. Uh, because uh, the the three of you who got extremes, you you keep looking up at the the volcano because of course the volcano rises up on the left of you, rather dramatically. Um, uh, at the moment, there is no smoke or anything coming out of the caldera, so it's probably st- it's uh, it's been told you that you were told that it's it's stable. Um, okay. 
But as you're walking, you begin to notice something on the, on the edge of the volcano, on the side of it, that's beginning to appear as you are going around the backside of the thing. And it does, in fact, look a little bit like a structure. Um, I guess at this point, as soon as we get a, yeah, there's something up there, I'm going to pause. I'm going to pull out a small pair of binoculars, 8 by 32 so whatever's up there is going to look a little eight times closer. I'm just going to take a squint. All right. Well, unfortunately, the ridge is still sort of blocking the view, but you're definitely coming into view of something that's up there. Now, the first thing that you notice, Maxine, is that the angle of the structure is not uh, what you would call level. So uh, it, 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 if it is a structure, it's been knocked off kilter somehow. Um, it is the same color as the volcano itself. And up that high, there's not much in the way of, of uh, vegetation. There's a little vegetation, but not much. Uh, you'll know better as you come around the other side. Um, yeah. At this point, what I'll do is I'll look at uh, Jeff's bleary eyes, take a sigh, and hand the binoculars to Xander. Tell me what you see up there. Um, how good is my zoom on my on my camera? Um, I don't know. It's good. Okay, so I'm I'm I, I'm taking obviously snaps as soon as we saw it. So then he hands me the binocular, and I look up and I go, "It looks like it's been uh, it's been it's it's been knocked over or something, and it's sort of like it looks like almost." I has it. I mean, I'm I'm not a, a scientist or a professor or anything, but to me, it looks like almost it could be an entrance actually into the volcano. No, it doesn't look like that. It more looks like uh, something sticking out of the side of the volcano that's been uncovered, but um, yeah. but it's not it's not level. It's not it's not sticking out like this. It's sticking out kind of like that. like like that. Yeah. Yeah. And pass me those binoculars, please. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna look because there's obviously something up there. I'm trying to see if it matches any of like like cultural like things I would recognize from studying the the cultures of the region. Um. There's there's like a no shrine or something Polynesian that that would be making stuff out of stone unless they were carving it out of out of existing. Yeah. Rock. So um, yeah. So it's really very out of place. Okay. I'm yeah, gonna, well, I'm going to take the binoculars back. Well, obviously we've got something up there, and it seems more building than just a funky brown, oh, rock cow cropping. Could be in for a good afternoon. Let's proceed. You'll know better as you move around the side. All right. So as you move, it comes more and more into view, and um, it's it's multi-angled. It's it's not just like a brick. It's it's definitely got what look at first like right angles in, in parts of it. But as you begin to move around, the, the, the shape as you're seeing it is kind of changing. Um, uh, maybe there are no right angles. Uh, you're not quite sure, but it's, it's definitely some sort of a, a structure from this distance. Now, is it, 
Is it octagonal? Well, you can't really sell it. It's 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 got a it's definitely got an odd shape, uh, but part of it is buried in the side of the volcano, and part of it is sticking out. Um, uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Gunn, um, as you look at it from this distance, it's pretty much the same color as uh, the basalt of the the volcano, basalt, basalt, basalt of the volcano itself. Um, maybe a little bit darker. Um, you begin to think there's a chance that it's not a structure, that it might in fact be some sort of rock outcropping uh, that has a very strong crystalline structure, like halite crystals or, hmm. or something like that. Um, it's, it's enormous. Uh, you, you figure based on how far away it is, if you got up to it, it would be at least, you know, like a two story building. Yeah. Um, Dr. Uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Paul, uh, I'm sorry, Dr. Green. Um, as you're looking up at it, you begin to discern that there's some sort of thing sticking up out of the top of the middle of it, like a, like a, well, it's hard to tell. You, you'd, you'd like to say it's maybe like a tower, except that it's kind of lumpy. It's lumpy looking from where you are. Hmm. And you're not exactly sure why. It could be a big boulder up on top of this structure, but there's something semi-regular about it. If you're just too far away to really tell what this is. And by the way, you don't see any kind of doors or windows from here. Well, I'm still uh, thinking that it's probably a natural uh, object, probably some form of crystalline lava, but we'd have to get closer to see. If it is, it would be one of the most enormous inside that anybody had ever discovered. If it was a crystal, it would be enormous. You know. Um, all right. Now, as you are continue to round the backside, you come to the first lava flow. And you can see that the lava flow leads almost all the way up to this where the structure is. But the structure is a little bit on the other side of it. Um, right on the other side of the lava flow, you have... Uh, you have bits and pieces of still living jungle and a lot of burned area. Um, however, because the island is wet and it's humid and it rains all the time, the, the, the jungle didn't really catch on fire. It caught on fire where the lava was. But uh, uh, so you have rather a sharp, distinct edge between the lava flow and where the forest is. Um, you could go up one of three ways. You could go up the lava flow, or you could go up through the jungle on the edge of the lava flow, or there's also a large area where um, the, the volcano, the, there was a landslide that, that uncovered this thing. So there's scree going all the way up. Of course, going up scree is like taking three steps and going back to, and taking three steps up and going but sliding back to. It's very loose and easy to slide on. Well, I think we should take the jungle so we won't have to, you know, utilize the uh, the fine medical personnel on this island. I think we should risk it and go up the lava flow. 
well, my question would be for the, the volcanologist, is it safe to climb? I mean, it's three weeks old lava, but uh, would, would there be any chance of us, us getting hurt by going up the lava flow? The last seismographic data that we have suggests that it's been quite stable for a number of days. There's been no further um, tectonic activity at all. So we've got, I, I think it'd be safe. Um, the one thing that might happen is if, uh, if the lava flows have turned into lava tubes and then you could possibly fall in through that, but I think it's very, uh, a slight chance. If you can, if we see down the path of the, uh, of the flow, for instance, there's no, there's no steam coming out of the uh, ocean no. where it meets the ocean, uh, where it meets the beach. So that to me says that there's uh, that it's quite stable at this point. The question for the GM, um, what, the most direct route I'm guessing is the lava flow and then the jungle would be, a, would be a slightly harder climb. Yeah, it would be a harder climb, but you'd have more handy holds. Uh, okay. Um, I look at also the... consider right on the edge. So you've got the lava flow on one foot and you've got the jungle on the other, then you're not, yeah. you can circumnavigate any trees or. Well, taking a, look at at the... The, taking a look at the lava flow, how sharp and pointy and nasty is it on the, just on the soles of the boots, which is a, which is a resource, which we don't want to wear out and how dense and th the distance of jungle till it clears I guess the, the 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 equivalent of the tree line up the volcano. Uh, my guess is it'll take you about uh, forty minutes to climb up there. Uh, the lava, the lava looks when you look at the lava, it looks it, it's all in these round sort of uh, you know lava flowy looking sort of things. However, oh, the surface texture of it is is molten glass. So if you were to put your bare hand on it and scrape your hand, it would tear the flesh right off your hand. So it's sharp. Um, it's rough. Um, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, um, but I'll, stepping on it with your boot, yeah, it's just going to crush the little, little needles and it's not like going to destroy your shoes for, it would eventually destroy your shoes, but not um, a long time. looking at the group, how uh, physically fit do they all look? You're all pretty physically fit. You're not, no, okay, none, of you are, none of you are old men, so. Okay, all good. Old. And then I, I, I'm going to make the suggestion that we, we play it safe and go up the, the jungle part and, as you say, save our boots. There's a few more handholds and things like that. And yeah. Okay. Okay, so um, I'm actually going to start heading. First of all, I'm going to take from where we are to the peak, I'm actually going to take a compass bearing. Okay. It's definitely going to be uphill, and I've certainly got the lava flow as a guide. But I'm just making a note in my little right to right in the rain pad, a couple of notes and a quick ske uh, scribbled sketch of, of the access point here. And I'm going to start going forward, and I'm going to be very much just moving the jungle aside, almost like a swimming fluid motion, okay. stepping through the jungle with my... And you're and you're pretty much on the edge of the jungle. So, yeah. um, uh, basically, you're heading almost due east uh, up the uh, up the volcano. Um, the going is pretty good. Uh, I would like you all to do climb rolls and or dex rolls, whichever you've got a better 
whichever you felt better. Oh no! Oh. Well, I, I have failed. a hard dex roll. I failed with a seventy-eight. Um, I passed on a hard for dex. Okay. So I just want to know if you fail. I failed. I failed. I I'm tripped not the over only a branch. One. Okay. So the three of you failed, which means that you know your foot slips on something and. Uh, you bring your hand down, and your hand touches some of the the, the lava, and uh, you get scraped. We're we going up the jungle. Well, you're you're mm-hmm. kind of on the edge, but oh, okay. there's, also, there's also bits and pieces. There, there's other things too. You got to watch yeah, the on rock. Anyways, you you do one point of damage, one hit point of damage is all. Ah, nothing, sure. nothing terrible. Um, after about forty minutes, now as you approach this thing. Uh, the closer you get to it, the more it starts to look like possibly a natural formation. Um, I assume you keep taking your binoculars out and getting a closer look. It's getting bigger. It's looming up. You're losing sight of the top of it as you are getting closer to it. Um, you don't see any discernible uh, block lines you know, in the, in the structure. So it doesn't look like it's made out of blocks of rock. Um, it looks mostly smooth. Um, and I don't mean like glass. I'm, you can't see that close. You're, but from your distance, it looks relatively smooth. Um, after about 40 minutes, you sort of clear up the top of the ridge. And as you're coming over it, um, you get your first really close-up look of this structure and it now pronouncedly it looks like a gigantic halite crystal that sort of has grown out of the side of this mountain however there seems to be some sort of a structure on top of it that sticks up and now that you're closer it almost has the shape of you'd almost say that it's a spiral and it's, it's, it's sticking up and twisting it around itself. And there are definitely uh, what look like windows or, or something in it. Uh, although they are not, uh, they're not regular and they're not square. They're oddly shaped openings that have multiple uh, uh, angles to it. I should also point out that none of these angles seem to be parallel to one another. They're all over the place. So although it sort of roughly looks maybe like a gigantic halite crystal without actually being able to observe it like from the air or something to see the actual shape, you don't think that it's you know, 30 degree angles. Some of them are 30, some of them are 50, some of them are different, and nothing seems to be level. The, they're they're all kind of at odd odd shapes and angles. Um, Is it kind of lattice like? No, it's uh, it's a solid chunk, um, but multi multi faceted. Um, you are still about twenty feet away from it. So what do you do? You can also there's a place where you can sort of climb up a little bit higher and get on top of the structure because the whole thing is jammed into the, the side of the mountain. I'm taking photos, obviously. Okay. So, and to assist in the photos, I 
get some idea of size, I'm going to walk up to the wall. Okay. So you've got somebody of a known height up against it so you can gauge distances and heights. Okay. I'm going to go walk up to the top. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to follow too. Okay. Um, Dr. Flambeau, uh, as you go up to this structure, you're about, you're, you're getting ready to turn around so that uh, Xander can take your picture. And uh, I want you to do, uh, uh, let's see, you're an archaeologist. Uh, do an archaeology role. 59, and that is, that's a regular, regular pass. Okay. Um, you can't help but put your hand on the structure and feel its texture. Now, just at a glance, you're pretty sure it's basalt. Um, it's not smooth. It's obviously rough from being, you know, just, just weathering. Uh, however, there are no chisel marks of any kind. There are no seams. Um, the texture is almost as if it had been uh, cast or uh, you know, like poured into a mold. It gives you a very strange sort of, of observation about it. Uh, Dr. Gunn. As you're climbing up, you take a closer look at this substance that it's made out of. You're also pretty much convinced that it's basalt. Except that the basalt that you see around you that comprises the volcano is relatively new basalt. It's uh, the, the lava flow is obviously extremely new, but volcanoes this volcano is only a few thousand years old at the most, you know, popped up out of the ocean. The basalt of the structure, that's closer to something that you would see in, uh, like something like the Sierra Nevada batholith. Uh, it, it's millions and millions of years old. So there's a sharp distinction between the basalt of the structure and the stuff of the volcano itself. This, yeah, can did, I? this did not come from the volcano. And I'd like you to do a sanity roll on that one. Oh. Because that's, that's completely beyond imagination as far as you're concerned. Yeah, that is a pass. All right. Well, do at least one point of damage. You're, you're, you're visibly shaken by the revelation. That okay. Dr. Danny, are you all right? Yeah, what's going on? Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You sure well, you, if you, if you pointed out to Dr. Green, he would notice exactly what you're talking about, too. I kind of, because I've been drinking a little bit, I kind of keep it to myself a bit for now. Okay. Cool. Okay. You need to take, uh, you know, take a break, Dr. Gunn? Uh, no. Feel it hot or something? I kind of get out some of my, like, out of my bag, some of my uh, geological tools, and I kind of want to examine. Okay. A bit closer. I, I'm taking out my rock hammer as well. I want to take a sample if I can. Okay, I'll get back to the two of you in a moment. Uh, Dr. Yates, uh, you clear the top of the structure. And the top of the structure is not flat at all. Uh, there are uh, multifaceted uh, uh, parts of it that stick up. 
uh, the, the whole top of the surface is at an angle, maybe about uh, 10 degrees, sticking out of the side of the mountain. Uh, there are some lumps, I guess you would call them, uh, that, that stick up maybe 10 or 15 feet above that. And then there is this tower thing, and the tower looks like it's part of the, the structure, except that it's a visible spiral, and it goes up maybe, you know, two turns, and it's, it's another 30 feet higher than everything around it. And there are, in the side of it, these, like I see, they almost look like windows, but they're just places in the crystal that form strange little holes. Uh, you also notice these on these bulges. They're, they almost look like doors that you could go through to get inside. Uh, that's all you can see from where you are. You'd have to go over to them. Okay. So I'm thinking at this point, like, it's, this is like the weirdest natural structure I've ever seen, but since it might have some kind of like maybe some ancient civilization or something at this point with the tower just being so distinct, I'm going to go, I'm going to get closer. I okay. study it that. reminds you a little bit of pictures you've seen of like uh, Cappadocia where uh, okay. there are limestone sort of pillars with people that had carved uh, building structures inside of the, the, the pillars. So, yeah, um, I'm getting excited. This is an, this is an amazing find. I want to be the one who, it's the find it, so I'm gonna head over there. Yeah, and I'm as I'm kind of moving my hand along, uh -huh. feeling up and down along there, how that's going. I want to see if I can actually get up into one of the windows and either pull myself up and look in or just feel around to see if I can do it. And they're too high. Would I be able to have somebody like Xander give me a boost because I'm fairly light so that I can do that? Um all right, we'll get back to that in a moment. Uh, uh, let's see, uh, Dr. Uh, Green and Dr. Gunn, uh, you decided you'd want to try to you know, cut into this and, and break off some pieces or you know, with your picks. All right, well, it has about the hardness. Uh, you, you test the hardness on the Mohs scale. It does seem to be a, what you'd expect from basalt. Okay. Um, However, when you cut into it and you, you break pieces off, the uh, area that was never exposed to oxygen, the, the inner, inner part of the broken off piece, is brilliantly colored. There's, it, it's as if there was a crystalline structure to it that you know, produces almost like a geode sort of effect with a little crystal and, and a rainbow sort of in the light. Um, it's beautiful. Um, but... Uh, not what you'd expect on the inside of the basalt. It should just be pretty much the same texture all the way through. Um, uh, Xander, what are you doing? Other than just photographing what everybody's doing. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to get, um, obviously, the, 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 as much images from different angles and stuff and using Maxine as a, uh, sort of the markings of, of how big the structure is. Okay. Um, I see Dr. Yates up on the top and um, I think oh, I might as well get some, go get some shots up there. So I follow on up okay. to where, where Dr. Yates has gone onto the top. Dr. Flambeau, you've walked over to one of the window-like structures and it's, it's just low enough. The, the first one is just low enough 
to where you can sort of get on your tiptoes or pull yourself up and look inside. And this spiral structure is definitely hollow. Uh, reminds you kind of of a seashell, uh, yeah. except that the inside is angular. And uh, you actually think that you could climb up the, the spiral or down because it goes in both directions. But now that you're looking at it, it definitely looks like something lived here, like a like it's man-made, um, except that you you don't see any chisel marks. You, it almost looks like these doors or windows were melted, or like the whole thing was cast in some sort of mold. It, it makes that's that's baffling. Or or maybe there are blocks and they're just well hidden somehow. Or you know the. The, the blocks on some of the structures in uh, the Mayan culture and the Inca culture were so perfectly put together that you could, you know, can't put a razor blade in between them. But in this case, you don't see any edges. Is this window large enough to actually crawl into? Oh, yeah. In fact, yeah, you could probably stand in this window if you want. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to lower myself down. I'm going to put take out a small headlamp, elastic band, you know, little walkers type light turn it on to make sure i've got light when i get in there put on a pair of gloves and i'm going to try and haul myself up onto the window ledge okay everybody else do spot hiddens i got I'm a 20 oblivious 93 i got a 100 i am just in total awe of the structure that i that i trip over something no no all, all i was really seeing is if you notice dr flambeau going through the window so if you ask, you notice her climbing up, hoisting herself up, and getting ready to go off on her own. Uh, if not, you're just engrossed in what you're looking at. Dr. Yate, you're actually standing in front of what looks like a doorway. Now, it's, it's leaning backwards. It's in this crystal. But it also has kind of a, a ramp going down and turning to the side in kind of a spiral. It's not flat, and it's not level it's at an odd angle but it's definitely a passage downward into this structure and there's as i've said to the other ones it looks like it's man-made but except that there don't seem to be any seams like it was melted into the rock or have i gotten to dr yates yet? like am i seeing that as well yeah you're 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 walking up to him and you're seeing this and this this doorway is maybe 15 feet high and once again, it's it's an odd, strange, it's a hole. Mr. Okay. Kovac, have you seen this? And I'm just oh, taking God, photos. Take, take a picture of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, taking some photos and, and stuff. And I go, I say, um, Flambeau's gone, uh, gone inside the spiral. Well, she hasn't there. yet. You just see her climbing up right now. Uh, well, I've, I've just seen Flambeau climb into the one of the windows um, down there. Maybe you and I should go through this doorway and... See if we can see anything. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm gonna pull out a, a flashlight that it brought in case we were here till it's night. Just just a little one, nothing too big. But I'm gonna to try to use a little light to guide my way down. Yeah. Okay. So Xander and Yates, you're going in the the door passage, and Maxine, you're going in the window passage. Uh, Doctor Gunn and Doctor Green, what are you up to? Uh, I kind of 
look at Dr. Flambeau as she's going into, and I shout, Oi, I'm fo- I want to follow you too and run, run towards her. Okay. Putting on gloves. I'm still trying to make sense of the, uh, of the crystalline structure. I'm just, I've got my piece of, uh, my, my chip there and I've got the jeweler's glass and I'm, I'm just trying it's, to figure out why this is so strange. It's, it's highly reflective and it, 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 uh, the crystals, they, they have an odd sort of cubic, uh, I don't know exactly. Crystals have different shapes depending on how the atoms are aligned, but in this case, they're aligned cubically. And the color of the whole thing is kind of bluish. Um, and when the light reflects on it, it's almost rainbow-like. It's highly reflective. Um, but you hear uh, Dr. Gunn yell, Oi! Like this. And you see him running over towards uh, Dr. Flambeau, who is climbing through one of the windows. You also can see uh, uh, Dr. Yates and uh, Xander going through one of the doorways. Okay. Then um, I'll take my sample and toss it in my pocket and uh, grab out a, a light as well and uh, go to follow them. Okay. Well, Dr. Run- Gunn is running across. Which one are you following? Sorry. Oh, oh um, I, I've only seen uh, Dr. Gunn go off, so I'll follow him. Okay, well, Dr. Gunn's heading towards where Maxine is. So, all right, we got uh, Xander and Gates going one way, and we've got Maxine. Fingers crossed we went the right way. <laughs> Your coin flip turned out the first time, right? The yeah. Right. I'm feeling lucky. I'm feeling lucky. All right. Go ahead. Did, did, when, when I was looking at the, at the plate, did... Um, did I notice that the outside seemed sort of vitrified as compared to the inside or like it had been superheated at some point? Um, yeah, you're kind of thinking that, although uh, the, the depth of, you know, the oxidation and stuff like that doesn't seem to go very deep. Uh, yeah. uh, I should also point out that there is also on this structure scree and stuff like that from the landslide and stuff like debris and the grounds by no means clean Um, and it makes the it makes the uh, the difference between the old and the new basalt stand out once you know what you're looking at Um, all right so let's let's go with xander and and uh and uh, yates first uh, you step in, and there is there's quite a lot of debris that's uh, that's sort of in this doorway. Um, uh, you go inside, and the passage itself slants downward, uh, probably at about a 15 degree angle, and uh, it's not flat, and it's not regular. So, as you're looking at it, imagine if you will, you were in a uh, a hallway that was shaped uh, not square, but uh, let's say a, let's say like a pentagon, like a, a like a, a, a pentagon. Okay, mm-hmm. and as you go, the floor is not level under your feet; it's slanted a little bit. But you can you know put your hand against the wall to keep from losing your your footing. 
And as the passage goes, it's also turning occasionally. Uh, the, the crystals change direction and go. So you're constantly moving from having one foot on the wall to it becoming the floor, and then the next one over becomes the next wall. So it's not only spiraling downward, but it's also turning. The passage is turning as it's going down. It's very disorienting. And there are a couple of moments in there when it reminds you of when you were a kid and you went to one of those mystery shacks where it looks like everybody's leaning sideways. Um, yeah. Because your brain's not able to process the strange angles. Um, and you were heading down. Now you have flashlights. Mm. And uh, this is going to also go for Dr. Flambeau as well. You're finding a similar thing. When you step through the window, you're finding this sort of spiral sort of passageway. Part of it going up towards the top and part of it going down into the structure. Um, so which way are you going, up or down? Well, I'm guessing up would suggest that's where the others would come down from. No, you aren't in the same area. Oh, we're in a different area. Okay. Right. In that case, um, first of all, I would have measured out how far it is from the window to the inside floor. Right. Just, just inches. Oh, just inches? Yeah. Okay. And I'm looking at the actual size of this particular tunnel. Is, is it sort of like designed for people who are six feet tall, eight feet tall, four feet tall? Um, well, well it, it keeps changing, but it's, I would say that anybody, it's at least 15 feet tall and maybe 15 feet across. Um, but the, the floor and the ceiling are not parallel to one another. They're always at kind of a, an odd angle. Um, so it does have the qualities of being both crystalline and that somebody carved or melted or somehow did part of this manually. Right. Well, my in well, actually, I'm going to assist the other two up to the window because I don't know how agile they are but my intention is to go down a short way okay. just to see where it goes and then i'll probably go up because i know up is a finite distance right okay well what you discover both of you all of you is your flashlights um when your flashlights shine on the walls uh if you are at the right angle you get a very bright sort of flash back at you uh the the the, the light seems to be directed right back at you. Uh, um, the crystalline structure in the walls, there's something in the substance of it that's highly reflective. So uh, Xander, you immediately notice you have a problem. And the problem is, is that when you take a picture with your flash, yeah. everything lights up. You get far too much light than what you actually want and it probably wrecks the picture. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, all right, Dr. Yates and Xander, you are heading down. Now there's dirt and there's uh, broken pieces of the screen, like I say, on the ground. But that becomes less and less as you go. Um, and after a few minutes, this spiral uh, opens up into what essentially is a room. Uh, the room is maybe 
40, 40 feet across, 40 feet wide, uh, maybe 30 feet high. The, uh, it's, it's not a square room. The floor and the ceiling do not, are not parallel. It's a chamber. We'll call it a chamber because it's a, it's more a chamber than anything else. Mm -hmm. And, um, when you you're you're kind of your passage comes out maybe two feet above the floor what would be the floor and as you shine your light down you get almost blinded by all of this these sparkly lights coming back at you as if you were shining it down into a bunch of crystals hmm. okay. um, well the first thing i will actually do is being these are these walking headlights i'm actually going to flick it the, from white light Where was that to red that light. Was Yates, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he's going to see more or less oh. the same thing as he's going. That, that's you and that's Yates and, and Kovac. Oh, sorry. My bad. Yeah. I'm going to turn to Kovac. So are there any other like, like offshoots off of this chamber that we can yes. see right now? Yes. There are, like, there are holes and there are uh, passages going off and there are things in what look like the ceiling going off in directions that you wouldn't be able to get to unless you had some sort of a ladder. Um, Okay. Did but you say so? That when we shone down, there was we got reflected back. Right. Where the floor should be. There seem to be crystals all over the floor. Okay. That are reflecting the light back at you. It gives you the impression that you're looking into a gigantic geode. Okay, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say to Yates, I said, look, I, I'm not going to be able to take any photos. Well, at least I'm not going to be able to take any photos with the flash, which is pointless in here because there's no natural light. Um, because everything, I'm just, it's just going to ruin the picture. I can't get any of this. Um, is there something we could go like back to, into town to try to help you with that? You think? Like the world needs to see this. This is amazing. I, I agree. But I mean, it's, it's, it's just, I mean, would there be some sort of like, I guess, could I do like, like a night vision photo? Or, I, you know? A longer yeah, I mean, exposure. Knowing knowing how to do yeah, it's possible mm. if you were to set up a light in here and then do a long exposure. Do you do you, do you yeah. have like a lighter or something on you? Go back. I, I don't smoke, so I don't have anything like that. Um most likely it would be something that you would have to yeah, get some equipment. To yeah. I don't think I, I'd have what would I would need for that. at the moment I've just got like basically my my maybe two or three cam two cameras and a couple of lenses. Um, switch in and out, but um, no, I don't have anything to do what we would need for here. Um, can I put my, like, I put my boot out to, like, test the floor? Like, the, where, where are the, the floor, crystal floor, like, to see if it's, like, stable and, like... Um, it's crunchy. Uh, you, you find that if you, if you touch the crystals, they seem to uh, give way pretty easily. Now... Okay. You're getting you're you're close enough to them that you notice that they all seem to have uh, uh, the same sort of overall shape. They're cubes, and the light reflected back from them is a light sort of blue, um, uh, which is odd. Um, but we'll get back to you in a moment. All right. Uh, Dr. Flambeau and Dr. Gunn and Dr. Green, uh, you are heading downwards and the spiral turns maybe twice uh, before it also opens up. And 
uh, as it opens up, it opens into a very large room uh, that is pretty much pitch black until you come up to it. And then you suddenly look over and you notice that there's a light uh, maybe 30 or 40 feet away from you in this room. And there's sparkles of light. And that's when you suddenly hear uh, Dr. Yates' voice echoing across the room. And you've actually come into the same chamber that uh, Dr. Yates and Dr. Zander are. You're just about 30 feet away. You also well, see all the crystals laid out on the floor. Well, if they're, they're currently engrossed in that, and this is a nice little tube with lots of rocks and stuff like that, I'm going to let out a big, loud Maori yell and see if I can make them poop their pants. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> Why? Okay, you do that, and everybody else, everybody else, including the people who are with you, because they didn't expect you to do it. Go ahead and do a sanity roll. No, it's a, it's a fail. Boy, I got a two. If, if, oh, if, I made it. <laughs> if 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 you made it, uh, you just jump. If you, if you didn't make it. Uh, you, you let out a yelp uh, in, in just sudden fear. And then you realize that it's uh, Dr. Flambeau across from you that did that sound. And Flambeau? You're not I thought really, it was one of those really parakeets. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah, it's one of them Smith parakeets, I think. It, was, it went down that corridor there. Yeah, they're probably the ones who carved all of this, right? Uh, you bet. Yeah, them, them beaks are nasty, vicious little cutting tools, I'll tell you. Dr. Flambeau, do a dex roll. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 25, and that is... The landslide that he just caused. <laughs> got to jump out of the way of it. And we, we all well, die before we see anything. Cave in. That's, yeah, a hard, that's a hard one. That's a hard success. Hard success. Um, you, you almost slip and, uh, and fall into the chamber. Um, but <laughs> giggles. You catch yourself. So I, I see him. I see her like almost slip and fall in, and I go, "Calm as a bitch." <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you guys are both standing, looking into this chamber, and you're seeing all these crystals on the ground. And uh, uh, Doctor Gun, yes. uh, do a, a geology roll. That is just a pass. They have the color of sapphire. Okay. Although I don't believe that sapphire is a, is a, is a cubic crystal, but if these are sapphires, holy, holy bananas, you know. Um, yeah. I should say that these cubes are all over the place and at different angles. They've obviously yeah. grown there. Uh, the largest ones that you're seeing are about the size of your fist. Holy shit. Okay. The smallest ones could be microscopic. but yeah. um, So what do you guys do? Do you enter the chamber? I'm, I'm going to ask Dr. <laughs> Gunn for, a, for a, a hit from his flask because this is very, very strange. I, I, I pass him a flask. Well, I'm going to hand it that. Kind of nudge Xander saying, I think you and I should go back and try to get something to take a picture of all this. Okay, at this point, I'll uh, give a little assist if perhaps. I'm going to switch my headlamp from white light 
to the red light. Okay. And see if that improves the ability for him to take a longer exposure without so much back sparkle. Yeah, well, I'll give it a go. Okay. Well, do you want me to you, do a photography okay. roll? You, yeah, you, you, so you take a few photographs. Yeah, take do, do your photography roll. We'll see if they actually can turn out. Though you won't be able to know for sure until you. Uh, um, I got a 51 out of 75. So, yeah, I got some. Yeah, you're going to get at least something that you can show as black and white photographs, ultimately. That's better um, than nothing. And but you're pretty sure that you know with the right equipment that you could you could get some spectacular yeah some really great ones yeah but it's it's at the moment it's not really worth the point of, of traveling back for two and a half hours and then yeah you can always exactly. tomorrow you know yeah gentlemen oh I'm looking at this right now and I'm I'm curious is this some form of rock formation I can't find anything that's suggestive of a construct idea by here at mm. all. Um, I don't know, maybe walking up to the roof where that funky lumpy tower was might be a good idea via the, for want of a better term, stairway. Well, I'm not sure. All I can tell you is that there seems to be sapphires around. As in this is deposits of sapphire, I mean, I don't know nothing much yeah, about rocks yeah. and that. Is, is sapphire a big lump or is it lots of little crystals that you can just it's pick up lot, and make money with? I'm pretty sure it's lots of little crystals. Now, is it, is it outside of this made of sapphire too? I, I don't know anything about rocks. I'm sorry, say that again? Is it, is the, I'm kind of asking uh, Dr. Gunn if the outside is also made out of sapphires. Uh, is it? No, no, it's these, not. These are quite distinct from anything that you've seen so okay. far. Okay, um uh everybody do a spot hidden and tell me the level that you, that you get. I failed. I got, 50, I got fifty-five out of forty. Zero five. Exactly sixty out of sixty. So I rolled a five and that would be a that's good. Yeah. Oh yeah, my my stream is twelve, so yeah, that's good. So, Dr. Green, as you're standing there and you're looking down at these crystals, you notice something amongst the crystals that is not shiny and reflective. And you sort of hunker down to get a better look at it. And uh, is, it a, is it a stick? Is it a, a tree limb? Or, it's small. Is it a bone? It looks like a bone. Hmm. How a fairly big? substantial one. Like a like a femur? Like an arm bone. Hmm. Maybe from a a large animal, but uh, could it be human? Hmm. Guys, uh, come take a look at this. And I pick up the bone and I hand it to the uh, to the anthropologist and say, this should be your area. What do you, what do you think of this? This is a bone, is it not? It looks like it might be the bone, an arm bone from a fairly small human, not, not a, not a large human, but a, a, you like know, a child or, or a, a young adult. Yeah. This is, 
this this looks human. May I take May I take a look? Yeah, of course. You know how old it is. Mm, I'm not sure, and I'm gonna open up a loop, and I'm kind of looking at the bone anthropologically wise i'm not not got much of a clue but i'm wondering if there's anything being fashioned into perhaps it was some kind of tool no it looks just like an arm bone it's fairly dense it's pretty it's very old um is it brittle i don't know if the, how what that would mean either way one way or the other but it's we'll say if it, we'll say it's brittle well i'll hold it across my chest so there's some idea, that, and maybe along the top of my own arm. Take a photograph of this. Okay, I, yeah, take a photo. Rotate it around so we've got a couple of different angles and everything else on the bone. Yeah. I'll hand it to the anthropologist. I recommend that we take this back to town for further study and some kind of analysis that we might be able to do later. Um, so I'll look for more bones. All right, Dr. Green, you start to look for more bones. Um, you probably all start to look around to see if you find anything else like that. Everybody do spot hiddens again. I pass. I got a two. 16. Um, I got a 60 out of 70. Okay. 30 out of 60, just on the edge of a hard. Okay. Uh, those of you who passed, as you're looking around, you begin to notice that... Um, there are other bones. You, you notice uh, what might be a rib bone here or a, a bit of a spine, a backbone uh, there. Um, Any large bones like a scapula or? Maybe, you know, as you're looking through. The crystals seem to have grown up and around these things, a lot of them. Dr. Gunn, you've got a really good roll. You reach down and you pick up you sort of brush some of the crystals off of it and it is a skull. Um, all, all of these bones look very old. They've got an almost dark brown um, as if they've been there for a long, long time. Uh, but Dr. Gunn, this, there's something wrong with the skull. It's, it's smaller than what you'd expect because it's, well, maybe that, that maybe it is a child or an adolescent or something like that. Um, what do you do with it? Uh, I want to show it to Dr. Yates, see what he makes of it. Okay. Dr. Yates. Walk over, walk over there and what the heck? Dr. You? Yates, you, you, you pick, you hold this bone, this skull in your hand. And uh, why don't you do an anthropology role? All right. I pass with a 39 out of 70. Okay. So not hard, just regular. Um, all of you, are, you, have, you have various bones, and you're looking over at Dr. Yates, and Dr. Dr. Yates just turns white, and he shakes just a little bit all over uh, as he's holding the skull. Because, Dr. Yates, what you are looking at is the skull not of a homo sapien, but perhaps homo habilis. It's at least one and a half to two and a half million years old. Kind of just, just dazed. Uh, this is, I, I don't even know. This is, this is old. 
this is this is this is before like this is a human this is so old this is almost fossilized it's almost australopithecus but it's Mm -hmm. and it's not fossilized this is before modern man before cro-magnon man Mm -hmm. this is impossible this can't be here yeah why is it in such a state doing here I can just hold it just, you know, just pale and shaking it. I don't really know what to do with it. Why, why don't you do a sanity roll? Just All for right, that's fair. the shock of finding it. And I pass. Just one. One. Oh. You realize, too, that there are other bones throughout this room. Are they... I'm going to go try to look at them to see if there's, like, if they're different people. They're all they're all homo habilis in your opinion. I um notice obviously all all the bones and I say to Dr. Yates, I say, I mean, you think this is some sort of tomb or burial ground or something? There's a lot of bones here, like bodies, you know. You reckon some people lived in these caves? Well, culturally, this would be an odd place to put bodies so close to the entrances that we came in like this is the first room we entered why are they why would they bury anyone in, in here what if they were caved in but not only that oh, i didn't notice any cave-ins it all seems fine and well, you know, keep in mind this this whole place was covered this was all all this whole place was um revealed after the landslide from the volcano if this was Homo habilis or any of the of the Homo lines other than Homo sapien, it, they sh- these should be fossilized. These should be buried in 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 rock, surrounding rock. This is like from a geological perspective. This is I just can't understand this. This is this should not be. This is this is not right. Now, you're the Dr. Green, you you study volcanoes, right? Yes. Yes. So. Would these kind of, because this is so oddly shaped, is this be formed from volcanic activity? Do you think? No, no. This is this is completely unusual. This is it. It's so it's very very hard to understand. This this is flies in the face of everything I've studied for decades. It's it's not it's not possible. But yet here it is. As an anthropologist, like you know that that these precursors for humans are millions of years old. Yes, yes, this is... And, and this, these crystals, there's... On the outside, and I reach into my pocket and take out my, my sample, and I show them. Now, the outside of this flecked sample that I took off, off the outside structure, this is, this is what it looks like from the outside. You can see the... the, the like the, like the, the oxidation of these crystals. This is what it looks like on the outside. Now look, on the inside, it's what we see here. This this just is not, it doesn't make any sense from, from anything that I've ever seen from a geological perspective. And Dr. Gunn, I think he's right in the same boat as I am here. This doesn't yeah. make any sense. And Speaking so there are multiple like... And there are multiple like bodies here, right? This isn't like just one skeleton 
spread across. This is like multiple skulls, you know, multiple spines type of. Yeah, correct. And uh, for those of you who are still now looking around, you can go ahead and do a, a spot hidden. All of a sudden, the two of you were talking. So. Yeah. I fail. Spot hidden. I oh, got lovely. I have an extreme for a change. Yeah. What, what did you say, Xander? Did you pass? Yeah, I passed. Okay. The two of you that passed, um, you also find a number of what look like stone tools made out of uh, obsidian. Uh, perhaps weapons, you know. Um, although they're just they're just hand things. There's no wood or any any evidence that they were attached to anything. Um, I call it Dr. Yates. So have a look. I go go over there and well, I suppose these people who came in here, they came in with with these tools. I don't. They don't look like carving implements. I. I, I it feels like that they just found this place and died down here. Mm. The problem. Like some of these look like weapons. The, the 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 problems that run through all of your minds are, uh, there is no way that Homo habilis could have carved this structure out. Um, they had no tools that could carve rock like that. Um, it, it indicates a level of sophistication that would be well beyond anything that they could. This is this is all the beginning of the Stone Age, you know. Um, people wouldn't start building structures for another three and a half million years. Or, well, I'd like to take a closer look at the various implements and gauging for the difference in size between these ancient humans and our current environment and just looking and seeing what they were. Does it look like there was a group of individuals in here? And if so, how large a group? It's difficult to tell with the crystals growing all over it. Um, so the, the crystals are actually growing on the bones or? No, they're growing around them. So somehow they've, they've managed to stay intact. Uh, there's a lot of things here that don't make any sense. I suppose you can all do a sanity roll. Yeah. Did you happen to see my private message to you? Oh, I'm sorry. Ooh, I failed. Yeah, I failed too. It doesn't make any sense. Sorry, what was that, Tom? Uh, it doesn't make any sense for that yet. Okay. But maybe uh, soon. Yeah, it's good. Okay, uh, I, 29, so that's a uh, good solid pass. 32 for me. I failed. I got a 75 out of 40. Okay. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you failed, you can take one more point of sanity damage. Otherwise, okay. you're okay. You're shaken, but you're... You're, you're probably starting to think, one, you're going to be famous for this discovery. Two, uh, you could pocket some of those crystals, and if they are sapphire, you're going to be fabulously wealthy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm wondering about that mayor, too. He didn't have anybody coming around here, but I don't think he's been digging because I don't see any evidence of that, at least in the 
one room that we've looked at. I think what I'd like to do is I'm going to switch on the white light again and hold it actually on the, as it were, the ground where these things are growing, the crystal ground, and actually peer down in and see if there's anything else down there. Okay. That I, I could possibly spot. Um, the, the crystals are fairly clear. Like I say, they've got, they've, they've got a bluish tint to them. Um, you can see the floor. Uh, and it's only, it's only maybe six or seven inches down. Mm -hmm. uh, but other than that, nothing looks that unusual. Um, you do, however, notice when you flitch, switched your light back on that there may be a number of large crystals on the other side of the room um, that look fairly large, like, like a couple of these sapphire crystals might be as much as 10 feet high. Um, wow. Notice it from where you are when your light flashed on it. You got a big, big flash, an odd shape. Let's go over and take a closer look. And I'm also going to take one of those ancient tools and just see if any of these are like prying items. Um, what they look like is uh, cutting items. Uh, they're made out of obsidian and they're rounded on one side and they're sharp. Mm -hmm. They've been, you know, flint, they've been uh, chipped. Right, so we're looking at probably skinning game, slicing game, that yeah, kind of that kind of thing. All right, so you begin to work your way around to the other side of the room, and of course, in the process, you're 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 breaking off some of these crystals, which is to be expected. Um, the bones seem to be fairly close to the the entrances that you came in. You don't see much in the way of bones, and in fact, the floor. Uh, there's less and less crystals as you're getting towards what look like a number of enormous crystals. Um, but they're, they're visibly flat and against the walls. And the closer you get to the more that you realize that it's like these large, oddly shaped crystals have been embedded in the wall itself. And one facet, a big flat facet, is sticking out and that's what's reflecting so much light. But, right. but these are around 10 feet tall, and they're maybe five or, or, or six feet across. And they're not spaced regularly, but there are maybe three of them that you see sticking out of the wall like this. Um, as you approach them, uh, they are highly reflective, like almost everything in here is. And they are acting pretty much as mirrors. Um, so you see yourselves approaching, you know, out of the darkness as you, as you get closer to it. And as long as you're kind of shining your light downward, you're not getting blinded by the, the reflection. Uh, so I assume you're all approaching. Uh, Everybody do a spot hidden roll. Yes, sir. Lots, lots of spot hidden rolls. Spot hidden. I got a 17 out of 40. I failed with a 49 out of 40. So close. I, got I, I, got, I have a regular pass, 50 out of 60. I got an 8 out of 70. Okay. 
Oh, I, I passed with the 50 out of 60. Okay. Looks like Xander got the best roll. All right. So you go up to these things, and they are they're fairly smooth. And kind of, I'd say they're dust-free. Now, it could be that the recent earthquake could have knocked all the dust loose. And the, uh, the surfaces are, are fairly vertical. They're not straight up and down. They're a little off on the angle, but they're, they're fairly, fairly good. So you're seeing a pretty clear reflection of yourselves in the, in the, in the we'll call them mirrors at this point, because that's what they kind of are acting like. They're not very deep. They only go maybe three inches before they merge with the basalt wall and you can't see anything uh, except the, the, the illusion is that you are looking into opposite world, you know, with you guys on the uh, other side and the room behind you is in the reflection. Xander is the first one to notice something very odd. As he's looking at it, he says, wait a second, where are the crystals? And you notice that when you're looking into the mirror, you can't see the crystals on the floor. They're, they're gone. They're invisible. I'm going to run my light on the crystals just to make sure that they are getting a lot and seeing if they sort of appear in the background. Nope. Are the bones can in the reflection? Are the crystals, like I can pick them up? Yes. So I pick up some crystals in my hand and like hold them up as if I hung towards the, the mirror to see if I can see them in my hand. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in your hand when you hold them up. And the bones are reflected? And no, the there's no bones. The floor in the reflection seems to be clear. And there's no bones? In, like even when they hold them in our, in our hands? Nothing. Oh, no, you have bones in your hands if you pick them up. But it's the, it's this, it's the, the crystals, they're not appearing... It's like the reflection inside there is, yeah, there's no, there's no crystals. In fact, the more you look at it, the more you realize that the room in the reflection isn't as dirty. It's not as weather-beaten. It's, it's almost as if you're looking at a reflection from the past. Do I look normal in the reflection? Yes. You look completely normal. If I... Our boots are on the ground. Are, are our boots in the reflection just floating in air, or if we no. push our foot into the into the crystals, does the bottom of the foot disappear? No, there. It looks like you're standing on the ground in the in the in the reflection. And does the ground look like rock? It looks like basalt, like everything else, the, like the like the stone of the walls and the ceiling. Can I? I'm I'm gonna put my hand out and touch the mirror. Okay. Uh, it's not particularly hot or cold. It's it's what you'd expect from from the from uh, just a rock. Um, yeah. It's hard. Uh, it's it's it it definitely looks like it's made out of the same thing as the blue crystal. Um, it's it's glassy smooth in this case. Just to be on the safe side, can I do a geological check on it? Sure. Um, Wow, what do you want to do? Do you want to do like a, a hardness scale? Or? Uh, yeah. yeah. So a, a Mohs a test on a bit of it uh, shows that it's about the 
it's about the hardness of like a corundum. So it's, it's very hard. It's almost diamond. Um, um, uh, just one, just a bit of clarification. Are these things sticking out from the wall and go back three inches yeah. to the wall? Or Then I would like to go to the edge and look at it sideways on okay. at the three-inch depth. Um, the illusion sort of sort of ends when you when you come to the edges of it. You're still seeing your own reflection in whatever angle is there, but it it looks like a big chunk of glass and you can sort of see the, the basalt deep inside of it. But, uh, you know, you can't really see clearly anything else. Uh, it's only when you're standing in front of it that it seems to, uh, to look like this. Now there are two others that are like it. And do you, do you go and check those out as well? Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. They have yeah, the same, they have the same, feeling now once again do a spot hidden for me yeah i'm wondering if this is like spot the difference in the comic books you know where they have the same drawing but three differences in them i got a 15 Wait, this is spot hidden for the 31 yeah. 19 yeah i have a regular pass okay 41 out of 60 i just passed with a 58 out of 60 okay well, the next one to notice something is Jeff, is uh, Jeff Gunn, Dr. Jeff Gunn. You notice as you're looking in one of the other mirrors that there seem to be lines drawn on the floor in the reflection, but not behind you. Hmm. I try to inspect the lines through the reflection well the only thing that you've ever seen that comes close to the sort of pattern of these lines is what you might see in a mathematician's uh, on his chalkboard if he's figuring out the angles for some particular calculation they don't look exactly like that but yeah that's the impression that you sort of get. And these lines seem to be like, it's not like maybe they're glowing a little bit. There's, there's a luminescence to them maybe. It's not really pronounced, but it's there. That's why you weren't sure you saw them at first, but yeah. they're, they're kind of bluish, this color. <laughs> do we all do we all eventually get to see these lines? Yes. If he points them out to you, then you can see them. Yeah, you yeah, I point out to you. Okay. If we step like onto them, do they get brighter in the reflection? Like we stand where they are? No. No. But but you do block them. I mean when you you can see your okay. feet in the reflection. And did you say there was a third mirror? Yes. Okay, I go up to the third mirror. They mm -hmm. they all have the same exact quality. Uh, you, okay. can, you start to notice too, in, in any of the mirrors, you start to notice that there are definitely markings on the floor. Okay. Um, once you, once, the you walls. once you're looking for them, you see them. Anything on the walls at all? Well, there's no wall directly behind you. There is the room itself, and pretty much, 15 feet away from you, it fades into darkness, going backwards. And these these lights. They feel intentional, right? Like somebody deliberately made them or 
Uh, like do, an don't look natural. do an intelligence roll. All right. Oh, I failed barely. Sixty-seven out of sixty. Okay. I guess I you don't. don't you, you just don't know for sure. Um, I think I'm going to take a long look and perhaps even trace out the lines in the air in front of me as I'm looking at the lines in there. And I think I'm also going to kind of chant lightly under my breath an old Maori song for wisdom from the ancestors because I have no idea what I'm looking at. Okay. Um, interesting. And uh, maybe everybody gets a little creeped out, but... Uh, <laughs> Nothing in particular happens. Um, so as you guys are looking at these things, um, you, you've all sort of, you, you've sort of split yourselves between these three mirrors. You're all, you're all looking at them. Um, everybody do luck rolls. And tell me what the number it is. 65. 38. 37. I got, oh, I got a 50. I got a 51 uh, out of 50. Uh, so, Dr. Yates, you got the worst one? Yep. Okay. Um, now, you can see, of course, your, each other's reflection. And we'll just say that, uh, that Xander, uh, you and Dr. Yates are in front of one of these mirrors, and you're, you're trying to discern the lines on the floor. And Xander, as you look up, For a moment, you think you see something moving behind you in the shadows, in the reflection. Okay. Um, hang on. Can I? I'm going to do a. Now you're not sure that it's uh, just your flashlights making plays with the the, the, the light. But I'm you, sure. you think you what saw kind something? Of role, All right, what's what that? kind of role would I do to? Because um, part of me wants to be like stay real calm and see if I can like try and catch it again, or part of me wants like willpower. So your power yeah. do a power roll. Okay. Um, okay, I got a seventeen, so I pass it. So yeah, I, I managed to contain my seeing it. Okay. And as you do, as you're standing there, you think you see something again moving in the shadows, and it's moving towards Dr. Yates. It's coming up behind Dr. Yates. It's, you still can't see because it's black in the shadows, but it's, it's only about three feet high, maybe. What do you okay, I'm going to really quickly turn my camera and take a flash photo to try and spark some light behind me. Okay. Uh, Dr. Yates, uh, uh, as you're looking into this mirror and trying to discern some of the things on the floor, Xander suddenly whirls around and flashes his camera right in your face. Uh, ah. You do. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> uh, I saw something. Did it Blinded there was me. something. There was something in the mirror behind you. It was something small coming up behind you in the shadows, and I was trying to. to oh, one of those man-eating parakeets, huh? 
Yeah, real funny. Now, this thing, it was about three foot high. It, it, it was a shape, okay? Now, now, I imagine you guys shine your lights back there. <laughs> yeah, and of course, there's nothing there. Of course, but I am going to continue the shine to the far wall to see if there's any more of these mirrors on the opposing wall. Uh, it doesn't seem so. You do see the entrances that you came in, the entrances that you guys came in. But uh, these seem to be the only three mirrors, if you will, against uh, that are in this room. Um, the others, uh, Dr. Maxine and Dr. Gunn and uh, uh, Dr. Green do uh, spot hidden rolls. Oh, no. 99. <laughs> Well, 48 out of 69. Regular. He's drunk. I got a heart. All right. Uh, uh, doc, Dr. Green, you've got a heart. All right. Um, Dr. Green, as you are looking about and you're, you're looking into the, the mirror, uh, you also see something shadowy moving uh, because it, it, it occasionally blocks the light from the, the crystals in your room that are, that are you know, sparkling in, in, in your, your vision. Um, but it's in the reflection that you're seeing this, uh, this, this shadow moving. And at the moment, it's moving directly towards Dr. Gunn. It seems to be the shadow doesn't make much sense. It's maybe about three feet high, but it's it's long. It's maybe seven feet long, okay. and it has multiple legs, maybe. Um, and it's it's moving towards him stealthily. Um, there's no absolutely no sound, but you only see this in the reflection, and you still can't get any details from the thing. Hmm. Okay, its front end seems to be this long, sort of pointy protrusion. Doctor Gunn, I'm seeing something behind you now, in the reflection. It's it's oh. it's blocking. But only in the mirror. It's, it's, it's blocking the reflections on the crystals. But when, when I look, I don't see it. But I see it in the mirror. Something's up. Something, I don't know what's going on. This, is, this whole place just is impossible. Can I see if I see it? Do I see it? Uh, you don't see anything around you. Nothing in the room. You don't feel anything. There's no weird change of temperature. Uh, um, Doctor Green, I think you need to lie I know this place is weird, but come on now, we're past the man-eating parakeets. You need to lie down, Doctor Green. You need to go for a sleep. Uh, I, I'm I, looking. Give me that flask. I'm looking between all the doctors here and listening to this conversation and the descriptions. I'm actually going to back away from the mirrors, perhaps towards one of the entrances, and I am not looking very comfortable at all. Okay. Something's really bothering. I'm going to take a point of sanity just on that alone. Okay. Drew yeah, I'm going to do a sanity as well. Yeah, right. yeah I, 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 
I want to take a point of Sunday off. Doctor Yates thinks y'all are just messing around still, so he's like, whatever. <laughs> oh no, I'm taking this. You can see that uh, Doctor Maxine uh, Flambeau is taking this very seriously, and she's not looking around in fear, but she is definitely Got muttering under her breath something. Right. Do Dr. any of us notice her backing away at all? Oh yeah, I mean you. You're all feeling a little weird. Um, now, everything could just be a trick of the, the, the flashlights shining on things, but, um, and you, you keep telling yourself, look, I'm not a baby, you know. Uh, I'm not gonna you know, run it, you know, the first shadow that I think is something coming at me. But Dr. Dr. Maxine, Dr. Dr. Flambeau, you move backwards, and from where you're standing, you can now see all three of these mirrors, one, two, and three. The guys are maybe four or five feet ahead of you. And that's when you see something. You see in the far, the, 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 the far mirror to your, uh, to your right-hand side, something moves into the mirror and across it. And the only way I could describe it to you is it's about three feet long, three feet high, sorry. Uh, it, it reminds you, it, it immediately reminds you of some sort of predatory animal. Um, it, it has multiple arms and legs, well, legs, and they all end in horrifically huge silvery claws. Uh, the head of the thing, though, is like nothing you've ever seen. It's, it's this long, sort of jagged, pointy thing. Uh, and along the sides of its mouth are uh, uh, like needle-like teeth, like something you'd see in a horrible, uh, like an alligator gar or some sort of a, a, a seagoing creature. Um, it has no discernible eyes that you can see. The top of its head is kind of smooth. And the whole sort of thing seems to shimmer a little with this bluish sort of light. And you see it distinctly walking across towards where the doctors are standing. Um, and you, you, you're seeing it quite, quite clearly. Sanity roll? Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. We'll do a sanity roll. Yeah, I think in this. I, case, actually, I actually handle that quite well. <laughs> I got thirty out of forty-eight now. Okay, well, I, I still would like you to do. So you oh. passed. I'd still like you to do a one d four. Oh yeah. Oh, two. No, I'll tell a lie. That's a one. It's the number that comes to the top. So another one. Okay. Okay. Yep. So you at least gasp. You know. I, will go, I will actually utter Kohata to, Toka, whatever it is, the cursed stone. Okay. Allowed in the Maori. Okay. Uh, you all hear him say that. Her, 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 yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what did you what see? Well, almost before you can, uh, if you turn towards her, you don't see it. But if you're still looking towards the mirror, it suddenly enters the second mirror coming across. And for those of you facing the mirror, you can choose whether you are facing the mirror or you're facing Dr. Flambeau. 
But if you're facing the mirror, you can do your sanity roll too. Now you see it clear as day. Oh, I failed. Can I turn back? I, got, I, I passed. Can I take one d four? Okay. Yeah. Uh, ooh, took three sanity. Oof. You're like, dear God, what the hell is that thing? Who did anybody fail? I failed. Okay. Uh, if you fail, do a one d six. And how much four. for a pass? One d four. One d four. I took four there. Okay. And if you were not looking at it, uh, you see, you know, the blood drain out of everybody's <laughs> face, and they probably all gasp or and or scream. So you, at that point, turn around and look. Yep. Same and enough. what you see is you see this this thing move into the mirror, and it suddenly begins moving back and forth, and then it sort of leaps up like this and puts its hands. They're not really here. They're claw-like things, like seven or eight of them, up onto the, the mirror. And it's, it's doing this. And then it drops back down. Then it does... Uh, did, you, did you pass your roll? Or? I did, with a two. Okay. Ooh. Okay. So a 1d4. Um, you then notice this thing moves back a little bit, and it is going to where your reflection is and it seems to be sniffing the air where you're standing in the reflection. Where, where I'm standing? <laughs> where, where each of you is. It's like getting its bearings. In the space, right. Um, I've started backing up to where the Dr. Um, Flambeau is. I've started backing away. Yeah, yes. me too. I'm going to start going towards the tunnel I think I came from. Yeah, I'm actually going to go to the opposing tunnel, the one that went to the door, because I figure that's going to be the quickest way out without a jump. So I am actually backing out of sight of the mirrors and up and out. I'm going to follow Flambeau. Absolutely. So you're all fleeing? You're yeah. running. Oh, I'm not running. I'm I'm. I'm looking where I'm going, but I'm going out backwards. Right. I'm watching down there because things are ticking over in my head here. No, to be fair, you wouldn't have known that we went through a doorway. Well, I would have known that you, which direction you came from, and I know I came from a window that was high off the ground. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just backing. I'm back, but I'm not taking my eyes off the mirror because that's right. the only way that we can see the thing. So I'm, I'm watching where the thing is as I'm backing away. Okay. Uh, so you're, care you're you're basically carefully backing away. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I am full on just getting out. Dr. Yates is just, is just, 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 he's yeah. scrambling up and over all the crystals and, and this is not a parakeet. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, all right. Those of you who are, are looking back, um, the thing, whatever it is, you can see at a certain point, it seems to sort of become galvanized. It opens up its mouth in what you can only imagine is a howl that you can't hear anything. It's dead silent. And then it does something very, very strange. You see it take one of its long claws and scratch across the floor where, it, where it's standing. And where it scratches on the floor, there is this 
immediate bright uh, line of, of blue. It almost looks like molten, but it's blue. And then as you take a few more steps, you see it make another slash and a curve. And then before you get to the door and you go out, it's almost as if the creature dives into the angle that it is created on the floor and it slips into it like, like a two-dimensional being going into a line and it's gone. And I assume at this point, I'm bolting. Yeah, run, yeah, run for it. Do any Dr. Yates? <laughs> yeah, and I've, 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 um, I've taken out my, uh, my 38. Okay. Um, just <laughs> as this happens. How do you have a gun? <laughs> From New Zealand, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just, just as this happens, there's a, there's a tremor in the ground. It's not very strong. Maybe a two and a half or three on the Richter scale. The ground, you, 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 hear, you feel a visible shaking. Uh, so you get to the passage and you start scrambling up and you reach the top of the, the structure and you can see little bits of the scree that are sliding down here and there on the, on the mountain. <laughs> And there is visible smoke coming out the top of the volcano. What you gonna do? <laughs> I think um, it's I'm going trying to in. run down and dive into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My right. flask is empty as well. I'm sorry. You said run, so yeah, I'm bolting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, this, this is way too weird. Yeah, I'm taking myself steadily down there. I'm heading away. I haven't decided if I'm going to go down the rock or through the jungle yet. But I'm going I'm, through the jungle. I'm going straight down the rock. Yeah. Okay. So you're going, you're going down the lava. I'm going down the jungle yeah. part, but I'm, I'm, I'm running as fast as I can. Uh, those of you who are running, uh, go ahead and do the uh, dex roll. I failed with an 80. <laughs> I just passed. Oh, okay. I got a 38 out of 70. Dr. I got a 90. Failed. So, uh, Dr. Yates, uh, you you stumble and fall. Uh, go ahead and do 1d4 damage, because you're landing on the bits right. of broken rock. and Three. Ooh, ouch. I, I failed as well. You seriously hurt yourself. Um, Dr. Dr. Green, do the same thing. That was a witch? One, well, one D, what did I say? 1D4. 1D4. Two. All right. So you also, you know, you, you twist your ankle, you, uh, you scrape up your hands and your arms. Uh, the other three, you guys are going farther down. You've gotten a little bit farther down. Um, why don't you all do spot hiddens? Oops. Boy, pass for once. 17. I got 100. I got 91. So well, that's nice. I get to play 05 today, which is our okay. extreme. 24. I could have It's not the good thing. Um, as, as you are uh, scrambling down, and Dr. Yates, as you're trying to get back up again, you look up the, 
the side of the volcano. And uh, on the side of that structure thing near the ground, you see a blue line appear. Well, I wasn't looking the first time. I just to make a sanity roll. Uh, you don't need to at the moment because okay. you're, you're you're too freaking out and you're already losing sanity. Yep. Um, you probably just start scrambling faster. Yep. Just yep. Just get it up and going. Uh, Doctor Maxine, you are uh, doing very well moving down the the mountainside. Um. Uh, once again, everybody, do a a, a, a dex roll for me. Ooh, I passed. I Nineteen with a hard success. Okay. Oh, hell. Another ninety-one. Oh boy, Doctor Green, uh, you you manage to get back up on your feet and take a few steps and uh, go over uh, land right on some. Uh, some sharp uh, rocks. So go ahead and do another one d four damage. Four. Ooh, you really hurt yourself. And oh, damn, I've got four hit points left. Yeah, what, what you, you have. You have probably broken your your foot. Um, Doctor Yates and Doctor Green, you are you are be, you are behind everybody else. Doctor Doctor Green is now behind everyone. Um. And you were horrified to see the line appear. Uh, as you're looking up, you now see a curve. And another line appear. And as you do, this creature slides out uh, of the angle that it's created. And you now see in full broad daylight this creature, which glistens and it's, it's bioluminescent and... Um, you see it orient itself for a moment to look around, sniff the air if that's what it's doing, and then focus in on your position. It sees Dr. Green lying there first, and it begins bolting down the side of the, uh, the volcano. And at the same moment that it slips through into our universe, the volcano <laughs> blows. Um, I want you all to do uh, a listen roll, we'll call it. Oh, that's definitely a fail. What do I got there? I've got a 92, so fail. I pass. <laughs> oh, I passed. Just regular. I, I, I got 100. So three of you failed? I certainly failed. I've only got a listener 25. <laughs> and there's a big bang going off. So those of you who failed, when the volcano goes off, ba-boom, uh, you've all lost your hearing. Uh, the other two, okay. uh, you're, you're, the, the ba-boom almost knocks you on your feet, but you've got a ringing in your ears. So you're not deaf. The other ones are completely, there's nothing, no sound. Your, your eardrums were shattered in that moment. Um, you also now notice lava comes bubbling out the top of the volcano. Uh, this is a far worse eruption than last time. Um, uh, uh, after only a few moments and you're all scrambling, um, 
anyone looking back will notice that two more of these things have slipped out of the crack up above. And the one that slipped out first is heading straight towards Dr. Green. Uh, there's not much that Dr. Green can do about it. And the creature leaps into the air and lands on Dr. Green. And perhaps for a moment you hear him moan out in horror as the thing literally just rips him piece by piece apart. Uh, The second creature is now barreling down the hill towards Dr. Yates. Um, The third one is getting its orientation still. Uh, The other uh, three of you are almost to the path going, uh, going around the, uh, the island. Um, and, and, and I'll need you to do dexterity rolls again to see if you can keep yourself. Toward success. 65. Uh, I got a 30. All right. If you passed, you managed to scramble down to the path. Uh, if, uh, if not, then do a 1d4 damage. Once I get to the path, because um, I haven't looked back this whole time, I've just pelted down to the path. W- once I hit the path, I then turn around and see the creatures and, and stuff. Right. How far is the one that's going for Dr. Um, Dr. Yates at that point? From you, still probably about, oh, probably almost 100 feet. Okay, one way, second. Way behind you. He fell. So if I'm going to take a shot, it's just it's going to be a difficult shot. Yeah, almost impossible. Yeah, okay. You've also got lava coming down the, the mountainside too. Yeah, so I'm just yeah. going to continue running then. Yeah, Flambeau continued running anyway, didn't stop, because he came out and straight down the path. Okay. I keep straight down the path. You try to run. Uh, Dr. Yates... Um, Despite your best efforts and uh, leaping side to side like a rabbit, uh, the thing that's hunting you uh, seems to be uh, countering every move you can make. And without hesitation, it leaps into the air and it lands on you. It hits you by the shoulders and pushes you to the ground, face down into the ground. And you suddenly feel its jaws clamp down on the back of your neck and you're not sure exactly what you're feeling at that moment, but you think that your arms are being pulled out of their sockets. And by then you've become unconscious yeah. in agony. But uh, that's the end of you. Um, the other one, the third one, is now uh, barreling down the hill, and it's heading towards the three of you, which you've managed. You're, you're still in, uh, in order. Maxine is first. Uh, Kovac is second, Gunn is third, um, but you've all managed to get onto the path. Which way are you going to run, left or right? You right, the way, the, way, the way we the came. The way we came, yeah. The way, the way we came, we, yeah. we came. Since we have that as a, or I certainly have that as a guide that I've, at least as a path I've traveled before, and I am definitely booking it, but I'm also keeping an, uh, a mind mindful of the fact that this may be a fast creature or is covering up. So I'm looking to see if we get a bend and a turn where there's some 
cover that it cannot see and I'm considering ducking into the jungle and doing the whole jungle bunny thing and swimming into it. I'm just following Flambeau. <laughs> so, <laughs> just so I've got an idea, we've got like the jungle and the volcano to one side and then the ocean to the other. Mm-hmm. Right. Down the cliff. Well, okay, yes. Yeah, so- yeah. uh, the cliff's maybe 20 or 30 feet away from you and the drops down to the ocean. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm booking it, like full pelting it. Still got my 38 in my hand. The cliff, by the way, is only, I'd say, about 20 feet high to the ocean down below. Um, although there's rocks down below. So it's not like diving off of it would be risky. Okay. Are you getting eaten by a thing? <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I'll say that you manage to run along the curve of the path and the place where you came down onto the path is no longer within view. So you have no idea where the creature is or creatures are uh, and if they are following you. So everybody do a luck roll. Those of you who are still alive. (laughs) Those of you who are dead, you can do a luck roll if you want. Well, I failed my luck roll before, in case you I care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I've got a, I've got a regular. All right. I rolled for fun and got a two. <laughs> <laughs> you come back to life. <laughs> Congratulations, Tyler Pota pitied you. <laughs> Brought you back. Uh, all right. Um, So your plan then is to ju- dive into the jungle? No, my plan was to actually keep and look and see if there's an opportunity to go into the jungle. Um, do I recall, did that thing actually seem like it was smelling the air? You can't tell. You didn't see like no slits. It doesn't seem to have eyes. It just seems to be mouth and limbs and horrible big silvery claws. Um. But that's the impression. It gave you the impression like a, a, like a, a, a wolf uh, looking for prey, lifting its nose up into the air, if, that's, if it's its nose. Okay. Is there a manky bit of swamp land anywhere in this tropical isle? There's no swamp, but there is jungle. There's jungle to your, uh, jungle to your right-hand side. Yeah, I'm, looking, I'm, I'm looking to see if there's anything particularly manky looking in there. Okay, not that you can see. Plus, the volcano lava is now pouring down the sides of the mountain in all directions. Ah, I keep running. All directions. Okay. Yeah. No, I, no choice. I mean, it's not, it's not flowing out like that, but it's, it's, there's rivulets going in all directions. I'm just going yeah. back to the civilization. Just keep yeah. Going. yeah, I'm That's heading towards the, the boats. <laughs> yeah. All right. The plane. <laughs> <laughs> we should have oh, stayed in Gunnard's craft. Right. There is no plan. Well, uh, how, did like you guys do hike. <laughs> how did you guys do on your luck? Actually, there, would, there, there would be planes, by the way. There are seaplanes in the... Uh, oh, I thought they only came like once a week for supplies. There is a supply one that does it, but there are also rich people here. So, oh, Of course, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got a 12 on that local. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I think that you guys run like like crazy bastards as as hard as you can, and um, uh, you're you're overjoyed to like come up over a, a small hillock and look down, and you can see uh, uh, Smith's Landing, you know, maybe half a mile from where you are. You can see it lying there on the ocean. You also notice boats going out. Uh, you might notice a couple seaplanes taking off because the whole side of the mountain is coming down. Uh, there's lava heading straight towards the thing. Um, at this point, the top of the, the mountain blasts off in a gigantic plume and uh, dust and dirt start falling down. Um, Which, of course, we don't hear. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I, I do. I can you, still you hear. You do. Uh, you feel it, of course. The ground is shaking. It actually is oh, yeah. difficult to, quite difficult to run at times. Um, but we'll see you, you manage to get into the town. And what do you want to do now that you're in the town? Straight out towards the jetty where the boats are going to the planes. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, of course, you notice, everybody else. <laughs> you notice people all running and scrambling for the boats yeah. and, and everything like that. Uh, Some guy is running with a gun. <laughs> why, why don't the three of you do a luck roll one more time to see Ooh, if nice. on a boat? Oh, one. A four. A four. Well, aren't we lucky? I only got oh, a 12, three. but it's a pass. Very nice. Oh. So you all managed to run out onto the jetty, and there's some rich guy on his yacht. And, and he's like, come on, come on, come on. He's got, you know, 20 or 30 other people getting onto the boat. He says, hurry up, come on, we got to go, we got to go. Um, and you manage to get on the boat. And uh, after a few minutes, the boat pulls away. The volcano's blowing up. Uh, people are injured. People are dirt. You can see walls of lava coming down into the town and just, just obliterating it. And after you get about a mile off the coast, um, the volcano, the whole island just sort of explodes. Oh, Krakatoa. Yeah, kind of like Krakatoa. And and the, the water where you are, you know, rises and falls. So you know there's a tsunami now heading out out from there. And you can't believe that you survived this horror of what, what you just saw. And you're on the deck, and there's other people on the deck with you. And there's people with blankets over them and there's children and there's old people and there's other people like that. And as you look, you look over and you're looking kind of at the back of the, the cabin house, uh, the, the, the captain's where the captain steers the ship. You suddenly see a blue line on the side of the, of the wall followed by another line <laughs> and another line. And then sliding out of the, the angle comes one of the creatures. I'm just open fire. <laughs> uh, you find that your gun has no use. To I just jumped into the war. And within, I... a matter, within a matter of minutes, the uh, creature has pretty much slaughtered you and everybody on board the ship. And... Oh, shit. <laughs> and that's the end of our story. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing, yes. That was good. So, anybody got a guess as to what the creature is? Parakeets, man. 
Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, the cursed parakeets of Smith Island. <laughs> Was it the tanifa? What's that? A tanifa? It's oh, a... Those, those, those hounds of... Preacher. They sound like those hounds of... The, it's hounds $10. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, according to the, the story, and, and I should mention on the show that the actual name is the intruder beyond time. Yeah. I'm like, change it to intruders. Uh, basically when the volcano exploded three weeks ago, somehow it caused a rift between time and space. And this structure uh, had actually been from Tendalos and had existed on earth millions and millions of years ago. And it had eventually been moved by the, Tindalosians, but this somehow caused a rift and it got sucked back to this spot and uh, the two things were, for a moment at least, coexisting. And when you were looking through the mist mirrors, you were actually looking into the past. You were looking into Tindalos as it was millions of years ago. But once the creatures saw you, and they could see you back through the, the glass, um, they started a hunt, and unfortunately, there is no way to stop them once they have got your, uh, they figured out where you are. They will hunt you through your face. Um, this campaign can be played out much longer. Um, it could be that you might have seen the creatures early on, and then you still you thought maybe you... You weren't sure if it was real or not, and you ended up doing an archaeological dig, and maybe weeks would go by, and you'd think you're fine, and then the things would... And then one night, on, on the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see a line. So, have you, have you killed everyone? And yes. all the other as well? All of them died. No one survived. Uh, <laughs> first, first night, uh, everybody died there. there. There was no way they could get away. Uh, right. Last night, uh, one person got to the boats, and the same thing happened to them. And I just thought that it's a, it's a good ending for us. Uh, so we're already winning. Three of us made it yeah, to the boat. Three of you made it. Well, hey, you, well, can my, you can think my cowardice for that. I would. <laughs> well, I, all I can say is I was definitely thinking of turning and standing because I don't see the point of dying tired. <laughs> I'm just going to shoot the Frenchman. Like the Frenchman. <laughs> I was going to be, I've just got to have run her. It's all the French government. The yeah, with the par- yeah. They're in with the parakeets. The parakeets, the government, the boat. They're trying to cover up the parakeets. It all ties so- back together. I had drunk an entire flask of whiskey during <laughs> Well, we can, we can talk some more afterwards. Let me go ahead and finish up. Our players included Zane Fleming, Josh Harwood, Morgan Llewellyn, Raymond Offord and Darren Pollock, with yours truly as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're, we're trying to produce four shows a week uh, with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. We do have a new patron. Uh, Gunter Seibert uh, has pledged $5 to our channel. Uh, hey, Gunter. Thank you so much. Gunter. Ooh, awesome. Gunter. If you would like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We love reading them. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. 
Until next time, good luck and good gaming.